Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 49 of FPL Black Box, ahead of game week 9, I should say. Welcome to award winning FPL Ooh, you Black Box. You had to get it in early, didn't ahead you? Ahead of game week 9. Yeah. How are you, Mark? I'm very good, yeah. It was a, it was a great night, wasn't it? Uh, the FCA Awards last week. Um, um, and let's bring up, actually, I've got a little image of us at the awards, so I'll bring that up, might as well. Bring it out, why not? Yeah, there, there we are, grinning with our award. Um, yeah, it was it was a lovely evening, wasn't it? Because it, it's just great to be amongst members of the community and share the room with all those football influencers, wasn't it? It was, it was really nice. And <clears throat> I know for fantasy football to be recognised, that kind of thing was was really good. It was one of those ones where... When all, you know, when we were like, when, you know, the nominations were out and all that, we were kind of giving it, you know, we, we won't push too much. We don't care. And then as it started coming around, you and I were both like, actually, I really want to win one of these uh, things. So yeah, thank you everyone that, that voted for us um, for video and, and for podcast. Uh, congratulations to The Wire as well, who won yeah. best FPL podcast. And yeah, we beat, we beat Slippers. So we're, we're chuffed on it. Yeah, we? it was quite cunning of us to have Andy on the week before the awards <laughs> to kind of fool the judges. They were probably like some of the judges. I mean, obviously it was public vote, but the judges also had 50% of the vote as well. And I reckon some of the judges might have heard that, oh yeah, the one with Andy on, that's the one to vote for. And of course we had him on the week before, so they oh. would have watched that and go, oh, there's, there's Andy. That must be, yeah, it must be black. It's all, it's all, it's all tactics, Mark. It's Very all tactics. clever of you, that one. Yeah, Very yeah, clever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, we were we were pleased. And, and it was just a lovely evening, as, as it always is when you get together with fancy managers and talk about FPL, which has been... Uh, which has been one of my favourite things to talk about for many years. Uh, and we're going to yeah. do it tonight for another couple of hours. And we've got a lot to cover tonight. We've got um, mm, the perhaps the biggest form versus fixtures argument of the season so mm. far. It's got to be, isn't it? Between Salah and Lukaku for the captain season. So we're going to go into that. But we're also going to look at players like Antonio and Ben Rama, you know, Saar and Bomo, uh, Vardy and Kane. Um, all kinds of debates and talking points to go over this week. Um, and we've obviously got lots of data to back it up as well. So it's going to be a big, long show for a change, eh, Yaz? Oh, yeah, that's not, that's not like us. No, it's not. We're, we're short and to the point. Uh, no. no, let's crack yeah, on, shall we? Uh, FBL Pig had a, a, a very, uh, it was a, you know, it was a strange week for him because obviously his grandfather was ill, wasn't he? And we're going to bring Pig back on the show tonight a very special occasion or after the death of his grandfather which was very sad wasn't it and uh, he shared that with us in the community it was and and the song he did was you know brought a tear to my eye genuinely it's, it's a it's a really i mean obviously not a tribute um but 
it's just a re- it's a really nice song and again he's he's on fire with, with these with these uh these videos and songs so yeah good good to have him back on the show this week well let's play it now shall we he's a waste of our money Amazing, amazing stuff. And uh, yeah, it does bring a tear to your eye, doesn't it? And um, there are more important things in the world, of course, uh, for FPL Pigs. So thoughts with you and your family um, this week, obviously after your death of your grandfather. But yeah, so reminder to us all, isn't it, that we love FPL and we're very obsessed with it. But every now and then, you know, we've got to come back to reality. But... We have a stock check, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not for the next two hours because we're going to talk FPL now. And um, yeah, much to discuss. Let's look at our teams first of all then. Um, You had a... An okay game week, I think. Um, you come out mm. on top, 59 points, bettered me. Uh, do you want to go for the team there, for the podcast listener? Yep, Ramsdale in goal. He came in uh, with a massive two points. Uh, Trent with six, James with one, Duffy with five, Cancelo with six, uh, Salah with 26, <laughs> as everyone had, uh, Foden with six, Smithrow with two, Lukaku with two, Antonio with one. And of course, Neil Mopé found a way <laughs> to get me two points, despite being oh. denied a clear penalty. Do you think it was a pen? It was a clear penalty. He goes to take the ball around him he, and he gets, exaggerated his, gets his the leg. Fall. He exaggerated the fall. There was, con- there was contact on it. Was his it enough so, contact in, yeah. the, in the eyes of VAR and the referee? Absolutely. No, there wasn't. Absolutely. But clear, th- apart from clear that, penalty. he should have scored anyway. He missed a sit at the end. Oh, I know. painful. He's, he's, yeah, I forgot. I, it was, it's funny because, you know, we do this podcast about lessons learned and all that and I don't learn with him. Um, it appears so, yeah. And on my bench, I'd Foster and, and Bremo, uh, Livermento and Rafina. Mm. So, <clears throat> you know, James came on for one point, which is frustrating. It was a frustrating week because a lot of players not in wildcard teams didn't perform. So, like Ben Rama, Saar, uh, you know, there was benchings of like Alonso. There was Jimenez was benched. There was big names missing out, and it's the kind of week where I just really wanted to capitalise on it. And going into the final, going to Monday night with a kind of a decent score and and two Arsenal players. Uh, against Palace, I you know I need six points from them to overtake you, for example, and I got four points. So yes, and we should was, we should mention that this was a wildcard team, right? So it's um it, it was off the back of the wildcard, and that's how you got Mope in. You didn't get Mope in on a transfer, of course, right? So <laughs> and it was designed to be a one week pick and move to Tony, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It was a strange week because we had the likes of Jimenez, Diaz on the bench as well. There as it is after every international break, some real curveballs thrown our way that we yeah. have to deal with. Right? It, it, it's what we've come to expect now, I guess, with one more international break to go. 
Yeah, and I mean, the games are later, aren't they? Like, you know, Brazil playing on, on the Friday in Mexico on the Thursday, for example, and then sort of early early games. The, the Premier League isn't doing anything to help, you know, players get, get their players back. Mm. Um, so we saw the whole Brazilian contingent missing out for all the different clubs uh, as well, despite, you know, some rumours saying they were going to get early planes and, and all of that. So, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just going to carry on. It's going to frustrate people. I mean, at least the Brazilians missed out completely it was you know Diaz coming on I mean when does when does Pep ever bring on a, a defender for like a couple of minutes it's you know it's kind of unheard of and Jimenez coming on when they're because they're you know chasing a, a game like that it's it's very frustrating especially when you've got Livermento on your bench you see oh, Joe yeah. got Livermento um, and, and Cody and oh, Cody off his bench what, what yeah. elite FBL squad management that is is that how you would describe it or would you say something else no comment. <laughs> no, no. To be honest, I think Joe deserves a bit of luck. He's had he's, he's mm. had some bad luck the last two or three weeks, and I think when you see a manager um, like Joe have that, you you wish him well when he does when it does come in for him. To be honest, so it's fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean the Cody goal over the moon with that. It wasn't long ago that, that Cody was a central defender who never went forward for set pieces and had had no touches in the box. And then <laughs> I think it was the end of last season. He suddenly had a spurt of going yeah, forward, yeah. didn't he? And and there it is, first goal and a well time for Joe. Of makes me makes me glad I got rid of Samedo because with all of his underlying stats, if if Connor Cody had popped up with a goal, I think I would have been absolutely yeah. really miffed. So Yeah. So what are you gone. feeling about the wild card now? Because obviously you don't judge it on one week, but what do you feel about it? No, I'm I'm happy with it. I'm I'm happy with, you know, the, the players I got in. I'm happy, you know, I've I've been on the scout transfer plan. I I'm pretty well set up for the for the weeks to come. I've I've got rid of players who I didn't really want long term and, and you know brought in the likes of Cancelo I think James hopefully will will play more games than he misses going forward I'm still hopeful for a match against a, a game against Norwich for example and you know I've got Foden in who who played you know lots of people saying they wouldn't play someone was saying that Jota's a much better pick than him and <laughs> you know he didn't, didn't even turn well, up so we'll talk about Foden uh, <laughs> later on the show because I do want to get your thoughts on that and um, yeah my t- my t- I, I think I think you tweeted saying my team um would have got more points because I had Greenwood, for example, and I think I would have got 61 or something and I got 59, was yeah, it? Yeah, I was saving uh, that, but yeah. Yeah, I know absolutely. you were, but it's not, it's not one week and yeah, I've got, I've got right. players in with, with good runs now and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty happy with it. But this is, this is um, the difficult thing on a wild card, isn't it? Like you, you, if you take it in the break, you might have three or four players you want to get rid of, but you end up pushing it a bit more and then you run the risk of, mm. Breaking your team to some extent, but I, no one wants to play a wild card and only change three or four players. You want to, you want to kind of make a big change mm. to your your squad and hopefully your fortune. So it's difficult because I mean I look at mine and go, well, when am I going to play it? And I think I'll play mine when I think I can make six or seven moves that actually I feel confident about. But is that mm. ever going to happen? I, that's the trouble. It's like you don't know if that's ever going to happen. Like I'm sitting on players that maybe they'll never be in a, a run of form which convinces me it's best to get rid of them. But, you know, we'll talk about yeah, some I mean, I mean, you, I mean you've, you've got Ben Rama and Sar, so you're mm. hopeful that they can still carry on. Yeah. But they're doing, but they are, they have regressed, right? Well, I mean, Sar hasn't necessarily regressed, but he's, the fixtures of the turn, new manager coming in. I mean, he pushed up front a bit. I'm not sure we're going to talk about him a bit more in a bit are, more detail, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. It felt to me that it was, it was the right time to get off and you're stick, you're keeping faith with a lot of them. So I'd be interested to see how it, how it pans out. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's about, let others move and then you sit still and you hope it works out. And that's that's how it's been in the two international breaks. I've resisted the wild cards and got away with the first one. Time will tell if I'll get away with this second mm. one. Um, here's my team, 54 points. So you close the gap on me, but didn't quite overtake me. So just, just so people know, we're on episode 49. 
we have yet to have an episode where you've had a higher rank than me. I don't want to dwell on it. No, I don't want to. I want to go on about it. I don't want to do a dramatic pause for effect. <laughs> it is quite funny though, because it did look like six points, all you needed from Ramsdale and oh. Smith Rowe. And I looked at it and thought, surely he either gets a clean sheet or, or an assist here or both. And look, right? at, look at your team, Veltman zero, Jota zero. Yeah, well, let me of your bench, Rudiger missed out. Yeah. It, like it was, you know. It, it was... I just seemed to do enough and get away with it by oh, a couple of points, didn't I? I know, but you, like your your score was was kind of the reason I am, I am frustrated because... Hmm. Most pretty much all my players turned up, but just didn't really deliver enough. To, you know, if, if I'd got a kind of a, a 65, 70 pointer, it would have it would have been really nice. But I got a kind of an average score, and, and so did everyone else. So, mm. but, well, sure, surely, surely this week, if surely, you're not gonna, if you're not sure, going to, well, card, I don't know, I don't know. We'll see. I'm quite <laughs> happy with my team at the moment. Well, I don't know. Uh, tonight's team sheet at Stanford Bridge might have changed some things. Anyway, talk through my team for the podcast. Sanchez in goal with a six, <clears throat> Veltman zero. Um, I was unlucky there, though. Off on the fifty eighth minute. I know. With the fourth yellow card of the season as well. Didn't even get a point from him. No. Um, I think, I, I think I, I, I like I put my scout article earlier, I think Veltman's now, I said, I actually said it before the game, I think with Lamptey coming back, it's not Duffy that's that's at risk, it's Veltman. Yeah, thanks for that. Because a few weeks back, you're like, oh no, it'd be fine. Yeah, it'd I be know. fine. And now, I like, I, now I, it I, comes d- to it. When you, when you watch, when you've, like, having watched Duffy for the last few weeks though, mm. the, the partnership he's got with Dunk is, is too strong to break up. And you I think, think, I mean, Byrne did well at Carroll Road, so he's not yeah. going to get dropped. You know, yeah. so Veltman has to replace Webster or or, um, or Byrne there, right? So he's got yeah. competition. We'll see. So Veltman, zero points. Cancelo was my transfer in. Cancelo for six points. Trent was a six. Uh, and Bomo, two. Salah, 26. Jota, zero. We'll talk about him later. Um, mm-hmm. Saar, two points. Benrahma, three points. Antonio, one. Lukaku, two. And on my bench... This is what Joe would say, you know, expert squad management, zero points <laughs> on the bench. That shows you, you know, you're absolutely right. No, it's, um, yeah, he, he celebrates when he's got zero on the bench and he celebrates when he gets 30 <laughs> off the bench. That's, that's standard Joe, that is. Mm. But yeah, no help from my bench, which kind of underlines that, you know, Alonso zero, Rudiger um, is injured and Perica, well, I don't know where he is in the world at the moment, um, but he's, no. he's not in the Premier League anymore. Um, okay. So great and the good, this is how it looks. Uh, Andy, someone called Andy's top, so he's, he's got to win something, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, sorry. I've <laughs> actually got a knife here for some reason. Oh, really? <laughs> that's, that's, why is that? That's a bit strange. What were it you planning? Oh, yeah, okay. maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, so Andy top um, 556 points and he's 13k in the world uh, ahead of uh, Tom Stevenson. Um, but there's not much in it. I mean, Andy's quite away in front. But then after that, you know, Tom is only what 14 points ahead of us, uh, of me mm. and then uh, 16 ahead of you. So, you know, very little in it in this league. But um, yeah, though Tom and Andy are ahead and then FPL Matthew third and Les Caldwell in his debut uh, in the uh, the top great in the good league doing really well having won mm. the the second division last season. Um, but yeah, we're down there. Lower mid-table, I think we'll describe it as. Uh, what's fascinating here on the data that Greyhead has given us is the extra table I've added this week, which is the what-if score. And the what-if score, these. yeah, the what-if score is, um, <laughs> what if my team was the same as it was on game week one and I just left the captaincy out on it, whatever it was for game week one, uh, what would my score be? So basically, what would my score be if I had taken my hands off my team, game week one, and done nothing? Okay. The good news is, as you've got 14 more points as a result of your <laughs> transfers. So as a result of your little tinkerings, 14 more points. But considering you played your wild card, perhaps not massive, but it's a well, bit they, better they, than they, me. They got, they got me less, less than two. So. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's a bit better than me. I'm, I'm, I'm eight points better off. Um, 
it's soul destroying, isn't it? I mean, you, you look at this list and like, you know, this is, this is the great and the good and, and, and me, uh, you know, it's, it's all kind of top, top managers and even the top, top managers are mostly would have, would have been basically just as good off if they hadn't made any moves. It's kind of like, yeah, why, why do we bother? Please, don't, please don't stop listening to us just, just because of this table. Um, oh, of course look, I mean, look at Andy, 42 points better off. Let's call all 36. At least some of us are making some decent moves. But Magnus Carlsen, um, forward planner extraordinaire, you've got to think, only 15 points 15. better off. And uh, Fabio, who is the top-ranked manager in the Hall of Fame, very much regarded as the best manager in the world, minus 24. He'd have been 24 yeah. points better off had he done absolutely nothing. Which, you know, don't want to rub it in, Fabio, because I know he watches, but I'm sure he'll turn it around. He'll turn it around, we'll turn it around, but it'll all be fine. But yeah, it is, it is quite interesting, isn't it? Because we talk about the wild cards and how difficult it is to play a good one. And then you look at this and this underlines why it is because actually sometimes the changes you make undermine your score rather than make, improve it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, there's, there is that element of you pick a game week one squad, you, you, you pick players who you think are going to do well. I know we were trying to play, you know, we weren't playing until the end of the season. They weren't zombie teams by any, any means, but they're, they're still good picks. And I do wonder if, if patience with certain players, you know, is, is the kind of a lot of the time the name of the game but I don't wonder because often it is mm. uh, and, and I think we're going to have a really good debate about Salah at the moment because when you've got a player like Salah just in the former years just absolutely relentless it almost feels like we're being too clever even going mm. for someone like Lukaku against Norwich or trying to hit these picks with, with maybe a bigger ceiling when someone like him is just relentlessly consistent you know what? I don't know if we are going to have a debate about Salah <laughs> we might actually both yeah. agree um, okay let's start looking at some data uh, this is defences, first of all. We've got tables here showing the season and the last four. Um, City still miles out in front uh, over the season and even the last four as well. I mean, this is considering they've had the, the they were ranked 17th on tickers going into the last four matches. Um, they are well out on top for minutes per XG, conceded non penalty, 138.5 ahead of Leicester in second on 105.3. And yeah, what, what, what I've done where is. Where have they come from? Leicester, exactly. If you look at their data over the season for minutes per XG, non penalty, they are 12th, um, and over the season they've had the, they've been ranked 10th on the ticker. But last four, they've been ranked 9th, so not a massive difference in the fixture difference over the last four, but the second best defence. Now, how's that happened? Because I've looked at Leicester's defence and thought they were really fragile, but United didn't produce a lot against them, to be fair. Uh, Evans is back in the team now, I notice, as of tonight, so mm. they're, they're going to get more solid. Um, and when we look at the attack in a minute, we'll see Leicester have improved there as well. Um, so, that, you know, that's interesting to take out of this. But in contrast, look at United's defence. In our second table over the last four, they're second from bottom. A minutes per XG conceded non-penalty, 61.5. Only Watford at 51.2 are worse than United over the last four matches. That's scary, isn't it? It's shocking, yeah. I mean, you know, Leicester have had so many defensive injuries. I mean, Evans, Evans was back in for that United game, which obviously made, oh, right, made a big okay. difference. Yeah. To them, um, but you know they're, they're learning to play. The Vestergaard was a new signing. They've had Amati come in, so I, I guess it's taken a bit of time. Sionchu has been terrible, and maybe he's you know he's he's been mm. looking a bit better. So, yeah, I am I am I wasn't expecting them to be second though on, on that table. I still sort of regard them as a as a leaky side, and you know a lot of people are backing Brentford this week to to score some goals against them. But maybe according to this, moving for Tony and Embromo and stuff might you know might be worth holding out for a bit. But United, I mean. Maguire, I mean Maguire, sort of thrust back into the into the starting eleven against Leicester. What the hell was he doing for? He was asleep know? on both goals, wasn't he? Oh, it was 
It, it was bad. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that isn't injury related, surely. That isn't like, you know, it's not fitness related. It just, it just wasn't paying attention. Looks it's like, like, it looks like a, thing... night, a night on the source, to be honest. That's what it's it looks ab- like. Yeah, yeah. absolutely um, crazy. Yeah. When, you know, when, you, when you've got them, you know, Varane's not there as well. Well, he wasn't ready, was he? You know, mid midfield is 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 pretty shambolic. Like, there's no real defensive solidarity in midfield. So yeah, teams know that they can kind of get at them, and I I can't see it improving too much. They mm. they've been like it all season. I, I, teams don't go to Old Trafford and think, oh, we're going to struggle to score in this game. They think, well, we're going to United going to have to outscore us. Yeah, remind us who's at Old Trafford this week. Yeah, no, so, yeah. Um, I mean, interesting on this this second table, seventeenth ranked defense over the last four is Norwich even though they had the fifth best fixtures over those four matches. Um, United are below them, but they had the 14th best fixtures. They were lower on the ticker, so they had harder games. Norwich actually had pretty good fixtures going into these last four matches, and then a 17th ranked defence for minutes Mm. per XG non-penalty. Again, this is pertinent because Norwich are obviously Chelsea's opponent for Lukaku, and United are, of course, Salah's opponent for Liverpool, uh, which would be... And and of, and of course, Brighton don't score against them because that's what we're Brighton don't score against Norwich. No, well, well let's look at attacking data now, um, <laughs> and we'll see over the season Brighton's attack is fifteenth for minutes per XG on penalty, and over the last four games they're fifteenth as well. So yeah, I mean Brighton are what consistent, we consistently very <laughs> average when it comes to yeah, attack. that sounds yeah. about right. Um, so yeah, this is the attacking data, and what what I picked out here is is Brentford. I mean, look at that last four matches. They were ranked bottom of the fixture ticker for those four matches. And yet, in terms of minutes per XG non-penalty, they are second to Liverpool, 48.6. Mm. Incredible, isn't it? I mean, if, you, if, you, if you'd watched that Chelsea game, particularly the last 20 minutes, and you'd said, one of these teams is, you know, bankrolled by a billionaire, you know, £100 million striker, you know, best team in the league, many tipping to win the title. The other team is a newly promoted team. You would you wouldn't know you you would you would Brentford were absolutely incredible and how they came away from that game without a point I, I don't well, know Mendy is how they yeah. yeah I know and and it's it's a story isn't it I mean we talked about him last last week saying you know premium goalkeepers and, and all this but he really is stepping up to to move into that level of Allison and Edison I think mm. he was hmm. when he signed I thought obviously he's an upgrade on on Kepa but how good really is he not called into action too much. You know, solid, but is he is he spectacular this season? He's he's moved into the spectacular. He's he's, he's unbelievable. That safe in the overhead kick was ridiculous. Yeah, I know, absolutely incredible. And and the other reason is is Mbomo hitting the post twice, six times he's hit the post now. This You're season. wasting all that content. This is coming later. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah. But I mean, the the safe in the overhead kick. The why that it was so good is because an overhead kick like a header, you can't tell where it's going. You know, the pose mm. of the play, often with a shot from the way the players positioning. Their body, you can tell which where right or left where it's going to go high or low, right? For a header, you don't have that. Right? That's why headers from close range go in and keepers can't save them. An overhead kick from close range, obviously very, very difficult to know where it's going to yeah. go. And yet he still pulled off a save and it was almost point blank, wasn't it? It was like it was like what, eight or nine yards out, the overhead kick. Incredible yeah. save. That stage yeah. in the game. Yeah. Um yeah, he he he's just a hero for them. Um and when we looked at the defensive data go back to that Chelsea's defence is ranked you know over the season is ranked 8th and over the mm. last four it's ranked ninth. it's not one of the best defences in terms of data but it is in terms of clean sheets because of Mendy he's, he's, yeah. he's done that 
But I mean, it's surprising because I mean, we, we saw you know towards the end of last season and the start of this season, Chelsea and City were were the ones that were yeah. so far ahead in these in these defensive numbers. But I just I know Chelsea are top of the league. But I'm just not impressed with them at all. Like defensively, like the midfield, the the Lukaku's role in the team, it, it just they, they they don't look like a, a a Premier League winning side. But they are picking up points, and it can kind of only improve. So I I guess if you're a Chelsea fan, you're happy, and two should be happy, but. I don't think playing the way they are, they're gonna they're gonna get near City or Liverpool. It is my is my theory. But mm. with Jim, with I think they need Reese James back in the team. I think I think he he's the key to getting more out of Lukaku and getting getting the ball to him. Because I mean, you, you saw him against um, against Brentford. I mean, he's he's not scored in six games now. He's looking like a Tony type player who bring, who's bringing other players into the game and not being tasked with with turning and scoring, which is not how I foresaw it. He had very little. Very little opportunity, nothing to live on, really, did he? No he service. had the goal that was disallowed. No um, and, and, you know, I mean, people also, I mean, I've been in spaces over the last few weeks where Baba Ducky, I don't know if he's watching, has been saying, oh, well, you know, he's not he's not an elite or he's not a world-class striker because he doesn't make goals for himself. And I, to some extent, I agree with that. Mm. I don't really care that he's world-class. I mean, I think he is in that world-class bracket, to be honest. He's in the top five or six strikers for me if that is world-class, but I'm not going to get into that debate. But in terms of Premier League, I think he is the best all-round Attacker, right? Centre forward, he can do anything. Um, but I don't know. He's just absolutely starved the quality ball. Like he, they're not even getting. It's not like I'm not talking about putting on a plate for him. They're just not getting in the ball full stop, are they? Not no. anywhere on the pitch, let alone in in the penalty area. It's it's crazy. I I, th- I think he looks tired. I think I think you know the, the, the comments on from Tuchel saying he's he's been overworked and mentally exhausted and stuff. I think I think he is. I think I agree with it. It's from what I see, he doesn't look like, you know, this, you know, he was signed and being like, okay, you know, he's been to Inter, he's lost loads of weight, he's sorted out all the all the weaknesses in his game, his touches improved and all that. But, well, A, he, he can't show it because like you say, he's not getting the ball. But B, when he does get the ball, he doesn't look like a player who's going to turn and, and score a goal. He He looks a bit lost at the moment and I hate to say it, but starting tonight, I wouldn't be surprised to see him benched at the weekend. Well, we're going to, Go back to this. We're going to look at that quote in particular. But yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's talk about Leicester a bit more because they're third in this table over the last four as well. If you look at them over the season, again, 10th best fixtures going into the season. They're eighth over the season for minutes per XG on penalty, 68.5. But over the last four matches up to third, 50.6 minutes per XG with the ninth best fixtures. So the fixtures haven't improved that much, but Leicester have improved massively. Mm. So I wanted to look at that. I wanted to look at well, what's behind that? And this really underlines it. This, this is a, a shot map taken from the, the Fantasy Football Scout members area where memberships are available. Um, yeah, should <laughs> have that is, Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> so this is uh, the, the map that you see just for the podcast uh, listener. Obviously, you can't see this, but what we're showing is a map for Leicester City for their shots game week one to four, which shows a fair sprinkling of shots, some on target, uh, some outside the box, some inside the box. Then for game weeks five to eight, a lot more shots, effectively. Um, and if we look at the data in the table below, game weeks one to four, 29 shots. Game weeks five to eight, 67 shots. I mean, that's that's absolutely crazy. Um, so almost double the amount. Um, well, more than double the amount. So mm. you can see how their output in terms of shot volume has increased over that period. And it's shown in the map and in the data here. Um, shots inside the box, Game weeks 1 to 4, 23. Game weeks 5 to 8, 40. Shots on target, 10 compared to 23. Big chances, 4 to 8. XG, 3.4 to 7.1. Every element of Leicester's attack has improved over the last four game weeks. 
Um, now they have changed formation. They've got Ian Atcho in the side. Yep. Barnes is not in the 11. Can't find a role for him. And we talked about it. We talked about it, didn't we, for the first four or five weeks about how they're going to get Ian Atcho in the team. And when they do, we'll be interested in him and we might be interested in Leicester. This, this kind of suggests that a time has come, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, they, they can't play Ian Atcho, Barnes, Madison, Vardy in, in one side, I don't think, to and, and have and have some, a balanced side. I just don't think it works. So we've seen Madison kind of coming in and out, came back in for United. We've seen Barnes missing out. Um, there's still, you know, a bit of a bit of kind of flux there. But the, the key thing for me is Ian Acho is back in the team. And since Ian Acho has come back in the team, they've they've looked a hell of a lot stronger. I mean, look at look at this afternoon, Patson Dacker as well comes mm. into the side, gets four goals um in the Europa League. You know, is is now is he is he a contingent? Can they can they play a, a front three of Vardy and Acho and, and Dacker or, or is or is that kind of too much? Mm. I sense it probably is. Um but you know, I, I, I do think Rogers has got a real job working out what the kind of strongest 11 is because there's players knocking on the door constantly players not performing like Barnes and Madison who he wants to keep faith with but doesn't and I see stats like that and it makes me want to invest but other than Vardy I just I don't know who, who I'd go for well that's what we're showing here we're showing the um, the Leicester squad um, for all players who have played 90 minutes Dakar isn't part of that he's only played 39 I think in the Premier League at the moment Vardy well out on top for Minnesburg XGI non penalty 153.9 not well out on top because Perez is second on 155 but we wouldn't consider Perez because we consider him to be in rotation with the likes of Madison, Ian Acho, Barnes, etc. Right, so it's that rotation that perhaps just means it's Vardy or nothing, isn't it? Because I mean, even though Ian Acho is proven, and we know when he's in the team, he is going to produce. Dakar's a threat, and he's going to be into his minutes. So mm. I don't think we can go there, even with Ian Acho at seven million, right? Yeah, well, I mean, what what more can he do other than the end of the season he had last last year mm. to to be in in Rogers' thoughts? He even scored the goal in the Community Shield, and still gets benched for the first four or five weeks. So, you know, unless we're going to see Rogers suddenly holding his hands up and saying, "I've been wrong to to bench him all these weeks, and now you're going to come back into the side," but just as we think that's going to happen, then you suddenly get the emergence of Dakar coming out and getting getting these goals. So there's even more threat to him. So. At the moment, it's it's it's, it's a no go for me. I, I think the interesting question is if Lukaku is rested against Norwich, or if he puts in another poor performance tonight and again, the move to Vardy is is looking more and more tempting. Yeah, well, look at the uh, fixtures they've got as well. Brentford away, not an easy game, but Arsenal, Leeds. I mean, Chelsea at home difficult, but after that, Watford, Southampton, Villa, and Newcastle. It's a good run, very it's good, good run. run. Yeah, mm. uh, and they've proven that they've improved in game weeks five to eight with the ninth best fixtures in the league. So not not it's not like. The fixture difficulty has made a difference. 11 for the first four, nine for the next four. Fixtures haven't improved that much, and yet the data and the shot output has improved massively, presumably due to Rogers' tactical tweaks, right, and getting mm. Inacho in there. Um, okay, another team that I want to talk about are West Ham, because, um, you know, there's a lot of talk, and we look at them almost every week at the moment, but a lot of talk about getting rid of Antonio, getting rid of Ben Rama. Um, you've certainly got rid of Ben Rama on the wild card. Some are looking at going Antonio to Tony now as well, ahead of Brentford's run. Yep. And it, and it's linked to, you know, the fixtures getting more difficult for, for West Ham, but also linked to their schedule. They play Genk uh, on Thursday uh, before Spurs two days later. Well, there's two days rest between that and game week nine. Then they've got City in the EFL Cup. Then they play Villa three days after that. Then it's Genk away. Then it's Liverpool at home. So not only are the fixtures tough, but around it, they play midweek as well. And for me, I was like thinking, well, it's not until game week nine or 10, I'll start to worry. So we've hit that point now. And I'm mm. starting to think, hmm, there is concern. Um, before we look at any more data on this, what's your, what's your thoughts as a hot take? 
Well, nine, nine and ten, I'm not worried. I, I think I think West Ham are going to do Spurs over this this week. I think they've got they've got too much about them, and, and I think you know we saw an interesting side to them against Everton as well, where they you know they grind out a one nil win against uh, 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 what I thought was a really even matched evenly matched side. The way they, all got first, them they dominated first half, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, absolutely. So you know it's it's, it's a it's a West Ham that picks up results again against these teams. We, you know, Antonio K's blanked in the last couple, but I still look at Spurs and think, we, you know, with Dyer at centre back, they they they're going to get got out. And there's so much attacking threat in that West Ham side. I, I just think it's going to be, yeah, I, I can't I can't see any way any way Spurs come out of that. And then Villa, I mean, Villa giving away three goals in the last ten minutes. You know, they're defensively they they're they're a bit all over the place as well. It's from eleven. You know, mm. Liverpool, Wolves, Man City, Brighton, Chelsea. That's yeah. a really, really, really tough, tough one. Really tough five goals. I mean, that's that's the top five defenses. Well, let's in, have in a look. League, I, th- I think it is. Yeah, City, Wolves, Brighton. Yeah, other than Brentford. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is the five of the best defenses, no doubt about it. So that that is a really that is a really tough run, and I've got to think that. Mm. I mean, Antonio is a is a hard sell. Ben Rama less so. Mm. Um, but, but Antonio, it, it's, it's, it's just that question of who do you go to? You know, if if there was it, the strikers, I mean, there are some there are some strikers emerging. I want to talk about Edward a bit later. Mm. Um, Tony's there. Uh, you know, we've we've talked about Vardy. You know, we, we've got kind of a couple of these options. But you know, with Calvert Calvert Lewin was the one that I was maybe thinking I could move to. But now he's looked like he's going to be out until Christmas or after Christmas, something like that. And Decore's injured as well. So it's just it's just that question of is there going to be a striker that emerges in the next two weeks around Antonio's price? That I suddenly think I I need to go to. And I'm I'm am just not, I'm just not entirely convinced there's there's going to be. Yeah, and interesting when you look at the top table there. Um, this is comparing West Ham over the first four game weeks to the last four. There is a difference in the goal output, ten to five. Uh, <clears> shots <throat> hardly declined at all. Um, in fact, they've had more shots in game weeks five to eight, sixty-seven to sixty-four. Um, and then you look at shots inside the box, it's 43 in the first four game weeks, 40 in the last four. So again, not a big gap. None of these really scream out that they've declined. And also when you consider that they had over the first four, the second best fixtures on the ticker, whereas over the last four, they've been 11th. So actually the fixtures mm. have been tougher. So you'd expect to dip. So there's nothing there that makes me think, whoa, oh, well, there's, there's, you know, there's been a big change so far um, other than the goals, right? But that could be because tougher defences. Yeah. Or they haven't taken their chances. So there's nothing... There's no alarm bells there. And I look at Ben Rama as well, just bring up some data on him. Um, and this is a um, similar thing. Like I looked at his game weeks one to four and his game weeks five to eight. And I've got another shot map on the screen here, which shows that actually he's taken 16 shots from game weeks five to eight, which is double the amount he's had in the first mm. four game weeks. So actually his shot output has increased. He only had three in the box um, and he hasn't had no big chances. But overall, although there's been a slight decline, not massive. Not massive. No, I think I think he's you know he's 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 an okay player to sell. I think that the double up given given West Ham's fixtures was was too much for me. One of the reasons I wanted to get to get off it, but yeah, I, I certainly don't think there's 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 a huge cause for concern. And like I said, I think the next two are, are, are fairly decent. So I think if, you, if you've got Ben Rahman Antonio, I think you surely you've got other priorities to to sort out. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be like you say from game week eleven onwards. The next two game weeks, I think I will hold them both. And then assess assess from there. Um, okay, let's dip into some of the positions. Uh, keepers, first of all, we've already talked about Mendy. I've highlighted him here. Mm. He's just going up in our estimation, like minutes per save, twenty five point two now, which is actually yeah the best the best outside of Ben Foster. It's the best out there in in the Premier League in terms of regularity of save. And yet he's kept four clean sheets. That is the 
that is the the holy holy trinity. Well, it's not a trinity; it's two things. What would it be anyway? It's the it's the <laughs> crucial thing we look for: lots of saves and clean sheets, right? And I said it last week, but it's even more the case after the Brentford showing, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm never going to pay six one for a goalkeeper. Like right. you, you can you can chuck as much as stats as you want to me. It's it's never going to happen. But it does it does give you faith in your Chelsea defenders, you know, especially if you, if you've got ones that actually play. Uh, like Azpilicueta and Rudiger, when you've, when you've got a, a, a goalkeeper there who can bail them out if, if things aren't going to plan, it makes a hell of a difference. So I just think Chelsea defence, even though the numbers aren't, aren't fantastic, when you've got that goalkeeper, that, you know, that safety net there, it it's just makes them even more attractive to me. Okay, talk to me about Ramsdale. How are you feeling? Because you were at the Emirates on Monday I night. I was. So what did you make of that? I was. Uh, I thought Arsenal were much like they are in terms of results and, and overall performances, they had really good spells and they had really poor spells. They just seemed to panic so much all the time. You know, simple passes they could make, they hoof the ball down the pitch, kick it out for a throw-in. The best player by a country mile on that Arsenal side is Saka. It, it was obvious from the first 45 minutes, his composure on the ball, the quality of his pass, the vision, the runs he makes, the fact he drops deep, the energy he brings to the team. I could go on and on and on. He was... He was the best player on the pitch. You know, he's so young and he was the best player on the pitch by an absolute mile. So he's not training. It looks like he might be out for a while. And I, I think that's going to that's going to reverberate around the whole side and, and make them less of a good, less of a good team. It was a really attacking team they well, put out. Odegaard in the, in the pivot with Partey, right? Yeah. Which I didn't yeah. expect. Re- re- really attacking. But, you know, they, they had a couple of, 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 of nice patches of play. But overall, I thought Palace played well, really it looked to me Palace just had more of an identity than, than Arsenal did. And I think Arsenal got lucky with the last minute goal because I don't think they deserved it. I think Arsenal were a young team, right? And I think it showed right? the the experience of the players that Palace had on the pitch, Benteke, MacArthur. I don't, I don't want to mention MacArthur because he probably should have got a red card, but they, yeah, they had yeah. experienced players on that pitch. And Arsenal, if anything, lacked that player that you know could lift them and, and take the game by the scruff of the neck a bit. We thought it was Smith, right? We thought he was showing signs of that. Mm. Odegaard hasn't really got that in him. Um, Smith Rowe's obviously learning. Saka obviously is an influence, but he's not a leader necessarily. So they they do lack that player to bring them through. I mean, Xhaka obviously normally provides that, but his starting role for Arsenal has been in question in previous seasons. Mm. I think we're going to see them be an up and down team. Like we'll see matches where they're brilliant, and you think, right, got to get on Saka, got to get on Smith Rowe, and then the next week we'll be disappointed like we were this time. So yeah, I think I think I think, the, I think they're a side where when things are going well, the confidence is there and, you know, the, the passing mm. will be free-flowing and stuff. But I think when, when a team comes at them like Palace did and the way Palace set up was to kind of, you know, they, they were playing deep, but they weren't pushing defenders up until they sort of got a real foothold in the game and then they were kind of going at them. They were pouncing on mistakes, waiting for opportunities and, Arsenal, and, it, and it caused a lot of unrest in, in Arsenal, particularly sort of in the second half. So... I think I think it's going to be completely that. I think if Arsenal can, you know, get to half time and, and be, you know, and be in, fully in control, because the, the last twenty minutes of the, sec- of the first half, even they were they were starting to lose their, their grip on it a bit. Mm. Um, you know, we, we'll see them kick on, but it feels it, it, a bit like Brighton. I think <laughs> in, in the same way is when I think things start going against them, I think they they can crumble. So yeah, we interesting to see how, how they how they pick up. But I mean, it was a, you know, a, in the end, it was a good point and. You know, the Emirates was buzzing after, after yeah, getting the drink. Yeah, crazy, weren't they? Um, Absolutely. What do you think about Ramsdale? Are you think all right? Or are you worried that Leno at some point could come in if Ramsdale has a few more dodgy games? Well, firstly, he's a lot better than I thought he was. Like, just genuinely, like his distribution and his passing is, is excellent. He made a really good save towards the end of the, the first half as well. And I'm not worried about Leno coming back in the team because he right. looks the most solid option out of, out of all of them is... 
he, he, he had, he, I thought he had a really good game. I mean, clean sheets wise, I'm a bit concerned. It was, a, it was a big sort of decision on the wild card. I was, I was between Ramsdale and, and Raya. I messaged you about five minutes before the deadline and I refused to back. get back to you. No, I didn't you see did. the message until it was too late. <laughs> but you did, say, you did say Ramsdale afterwards. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, I think I think the thing with, with Ramsdale that I like is I think he, he has the potential to, you'd look at him and think, oh, he is underpriced. Like, you know, newly, newly promoted keeper like Raya, 4.5 points, so you kind of expect that. I mean, Sanchez, I think maybe could, could be five, but I think Ramsdale could also be a five million keeper. I'd expect Arsenal to finish higher than, than both of those sides, which is why I went for him. So it's not panic stations yet, but... I think he he's going to frustrate because <laughs> Arsenal oh, frustrate. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I, I remember when General had him at the start of the season in Sheffield United goal, and it was an absolute disaster for him. Yeah. And uh, I, he put a tweet out about Ramsdale back in his team because he played his wild card, and it's like, oh, he must be thinking, not again, <laughs> not, not this again. <laughs> it could happen, uh, but well, hopefully for General's sake, it doesn't. Uh, defenders, let's look at some defenders now, uh, and, and basically, I've just highlighted the Chelsea defenders because while. We talked about Chelsea defence being ranked eighth in our defensive data and Mendy saving them. The thing that really does appeal with the Chelsea defenders is the potential for points, right, at the other end. Uh, not just clean sheets, but it's the attacking returns. You look at this table, this is sort of by minutes per ex- goal involvement, expected goal involvement, non-penalty. Reese James is now top because uh, Alexander-Arnold played some more minutes and didn't get a return. So Reese James top now on 155.3 <laughs> minutes per XGI non-penalty. Chilwell is in second, 235. You've got Alonso in sixth, 319. And Aspilicueta at 369.6. I still have to say it twice. So they've got four defenders in the top eight in terms of expected goal involvement this season a minute. And Christensen's just scored in the Champions League. Has he? Well, there you go. It's, like, it's all <laughs> over the place, right? It's, it's funny. Lukaku can't get chances, can't get goals, and yet the defenders seem to be mm. chipping in or threatening to do so every week. And this is why we want them in our team, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's seeing Azpilicueta there and, and not Rudiger, you know, kind of does make you think maybe he's being a bit overlooked because he's, he's not in too many, he's not in too many sides. But I just want to tap into those wing backs, and mm. I know it's going to frustrate. It's already, it's already burnt me. You've, you know, you with Alonso and Chilwell rotating, it's, it's, it is really stressful. I think there's less chance of of Alonso coming on for Chilwell or Chilwell coming on for Alonso because they're quite similar players. Where, uh, whereas that right wing back. There's different options. Like he can be a bit more defensive. He can bring Reese James on if he wants a bit more attacking. And it's, you know, what I mean, is there's kind of a few more tactically. I think that position is is a bit more open. Whereas the left wing back seems much more kind of well, set. I've in, got in data way. to highlight just that. Um, so first no, of all, good. the first table is 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 the rotation so far. So basically, this is every Chelsea lineup in first team matches so far this season. And yeah, we've updated it tonight ahead of the Malmo game. They are playing. Uh, Aspilicueta, Christensen, Silva, Rudiger and Chilwell left back again. So Alonso on the bench, right, with James. So Reese James and Alonso on the bench at Brentford, on the bench again tonight. Does that mean they play at the weekend at home to Norwich? I would say 60-40, yes, in my opinion. Mm. Um, how are you feeling about that, first of all? Yeah, I, I, I would quite like to see Reese James get some minutes. I was, I was hoping for a start and an early sub, which is you know normally what, normally what we like. I got that with Foden, so I'm a bit more confident of him of him getting a start. Less confident with Cancelo now playing another 90 minutes. He's he is really you know playing a lot of games, um, but I I can't see why you wouldn't play James with those numbers against Norwich and you know and I think Alonso hasn't done anything wrong. So chill with two consecutive starts. I think Alonso comes in. So yeah, my my money would be on would be on James and, and Alonso starting, but oh, you, just, you just never know, do you? Well, it's, oh, it's... I'm already. I'm already a bit stressed. <laughs> it's three consecutive starts at Chilwell now. 
Three consecutive. Um, yeah. So he's played against Southampton, Brentford and Malmo. So for me, I think it's Alondo's turn. And Norwich is a game that he probably feels low block. They're going to play five at the back. We'll match them up, but we need that he's, bit of extra presence. We, I, I mentioned this just before, just before we came on. He's got to be a captain shout, right? Well... If, yeah, if, I, if, I, if I had Alonso, and I'm, I'm not just saying this, if I had Alonso, I'd captain him over Lukaku this week. Well, the table below highlights the risk of that because you're absolutely right. Um, this is basically showing how many times under Tuchel, this is not just this season, this is since Tuchel arrived in game week 20, the Wolves game last season. Um, Reese James has started 15 games. He's been subbed on when not selected eight times, which is far more than any other defender. Yeah. Christensen's second on two. Alonso's second, um, joint second on two as well. Alonso has started 14 games under Tuchel. Uh, he's been subbed off twice, been subbed on twice. So there is a risk with Alonso that he comes on, but nowhere near as much as Reese James, right? So you couldn't, you couldn't really catch, well, you couldn't even consider catching Reese James in the same way because you know that if he doesn't start, he's going to come on for like maybe 10 minutes, right? Um, and I think it's exactly as you said. The difference between Reese James and Aspiqueta is quite big, right? So you're tactically changing the team up, whereas Chilwell and Alonso. Perhaps there's less of a gap in terms of which one's more defensively sound, which one's better. I'm glad you got some stats to back me up, Marcus. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right with that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, Chilwell is the one that stands out here. 13 starts under Tuchel, subbed off three times, never subbed on in the the Premier League. Um, in In other tournaments he has been, but not in the Premier League. So from this, you've got to look at it and think, well, if I, if I had two, if I had Cheerwell and Alonso, I could start Cheerwell in every game. And if he doesn't turn up, I know I'll have Alonso. And I know, but with some certainty, that Cheerwell's not going to come off the bench to spoil that. So I'll always have that Chelsea wing back. Do you think that's a valid tactic? I know, I know <laughs> logically it shouldn't because you're spending money on two defenders and only one of them's ever going to play for you. But we're talking about the left wing-back position for Chelsea. And if we go back to that defensive data there, you know, they were third and sixth for attacking data. And there's no doubt whichever one plays will get opportunities. Chilwell scored in two consecutive games, right? So what do you think about that possibility? Because I could do that. I could sell Rudiger for Chilwell now, start Chilwell, and be absolutely certain of getting a Chelsea left wing-back in that game at home to Norwich. I know someone who's going to be very uh, happy to hear you pose that question, and that's Lynn, because I was at the Emirates with her and Nima, uh, and and uh, she, she posed that very question. I'm going to get both, Chilwell and Alonso, and I rubbished it. Did you? I was, I was just like, come on, six million, two six million players when you know one of them's not going to play. It's a lot of money to be investing in that in that spot. It <clears throat> seems like a waste to me, especially when you've got like Duffy and Livramento with as more budget picks. <sighs> Well, okay. I'm, I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not a fan. I, I, th- I, I think with Livramento there at, at 4.3 or whatever he is, I think he's the perfect player to come in if, if you go for Alonso or Chilwell and they don't start. I just don't think you need to spend an extra 2 million. No, in, but what you're, what you're spending, say, say uh, well, how many games to go? There's 30 games to go, right? Say that Chilwell plays 20 and Alonso plays 10, right? That Chilwell's the first starter, right? The 10 games that Alonso starts, I think he's got two or three goals in him. And he might have a couple of, well, I think he has got double-figure holes in him, right? Chilwell probably got another two or three goals in him and double-figure holes as well, right? So you're getting maybe, what, six, seven goals out of your left wing back, plus assists, plus bonus, which is almost certain if they score. And Chelsea give a clean sheet, which they do, keep a lot of clean sheets. I think there's something in it, because obviously if you're going to play 3-4-3 or 3-5-2, then that you don't often need your fourth or fifth defender anyway. Particularly, I look at my team and I think I've got Trent, 
Cancelo, and I'd have one of Chilwell or Alonso. Now, most of the time, I'm guaranteed Trent to start. I'm guaranteed one of the Chelsea wingbacks to start. It's only really Cancelo who's a risk, but if I had Livermento as my fourth defender, then I've got a back three. And if I've got a five-man midfield that I want to play, which I have, or a three-man attack that I want to play, which I might have soon, where's the issue? Because six million is a lot for a defender, but actually having a six million midfielder on the bench, you wouldn't think twice about that necessarily, would you? I think there's an excellent uh, couple of comments in the chat from Jordan McConnell, yeah. uh, who says, essentially you're playing 11.7 for a Chelsea defender. And he then asks, if Cho or Alonso was absolutely nailed but cost 11.7 million, would you pay it? Good point, yeah. It's I think that's point. an excellent question. Well, actually, you know what? No, you wouldn't pay it. But actually, you know, when if it was not... How much would it have to be for you to play it? Because if you look at Trent, right, I would say that Ch- the Cho and Alonso combination, because they've got goals in them, is as strong, if not stronger, than Trent, I would say. It's a bold statement. But Trent's got, what, 15 assists and in maybe three or four goals. Mm. I think Chil and Alonso probably got more goals, less assists, probably more clean sheets. So it's quite close, right? So yeah, you you probably pay maximum what eight to nine million for it. You wouldn't pay eleven. You think you think if Alonso or Chilwell played ninety minutes every game like Trent does, they'd get close to his points tally of two hundred plus. Yeah, I think so because Chelsea will keep more clean sheets, I think, and they'll get that three or four more goals than Trent. I think, although this season's Trent looking like getting more goals, doesn't mm. he? But in previous seasons, Trent's like one or two goals, isn't it? Well, if Alonso got 38 games, I think he gets seven or eight goals in a season. But he's never yeah. going to, is he? Never going yeah. to. That's the thing. He could, he, I mean, he could. I mean, you know, the se- the season when he when he was at his absolute peak, uh, he got he got seven goals, right? Yeah. Um, he got 165 points yeah. that season. So, how many clean sheets did he get in that one? Uh, he got uh, 13. Right. Okay. Yeah, so he'd need to play every game to get like the 16, 17 clean sheets that I think Chelsea will get mm. to get near the 200 points. But yeah, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to say this it is a quite an intriguing option because... <laughs> do you um do you remember on, on the Scoutcast when Granville was trying to convince us that he was going to get Aguero and Gabriel Jesus in his team? Because he thought, oh, yeah. you know, if one of them doesn't play, the other one will come yeah, in. Well, and then I... I can't remember if he if he did it or not, but I just remember there was a bit of rotation that started coming in and kind of the whole thing fell apart. But I don't think that will happen with, with Chelsea defenders. But mm. realistically, would you do that though? Would you I, re- I'm not, I can't I'm not imagine. Gonna, I'm not going to do it. Um, but I think if um, if Alonso had played tonight, I would have moved for Chilwell, I think, with my transfer. And then it'd be, well, do I take Alonso out or do I do the cheeky Rudiger thing just to make sure I get it for Norwich game? For for what for a game like Norwich, it, it might be worth it because if you know you've got that left wing back role, given Chilwell's just scored back-to-back goals and Alonso is Alonso, having the guarantee of one of them against Norwich is actually quite powerful, I think. I wouldn't mm. do it long-term, though. I wouldn't do it long-term. So. Yeah, I mean, the, the the frustrating thing is if is if you go like us or, well, okay, between us with James and Alonso and they both miss out, you haven't got any of those attacking Chelsea defenders in, in that game. Uh, it, yeah, that, that, that will, so I mean, it, it does guarantee you one. I, like, I, I, I get it like theoretically, but I, I just think pick one of Chilwell Alonso and, and stick Livermento with them and save yourself 2 million. And you, mm. you've, got, you've got, you've got a decent option there as well. Okay. Uh, let's look at a midfield now. Uh, this is your chance to talk about Foden. Like, so this is, um, minutes per NGI non-penalty again, and he's 30th, uh, 214.3. Um, he got you the assist at the weekend. Um, you're pleased with him? And what's your thoughts on him going forward? 
Yeah, I mean, it was a performance of, of quality again and again in the Champions League as well. He's, he's buzzing around, he's playing in different positions, he's creating chances, he's getting forward. He's doing all the things I want to see from a Man City mid when it looks like the, the, the points are going to be so spread around. But I still think he is the best source of points in that team um, when he plays. So I feel like I've got the best, I feel like I've got the best option in, in the Man City side going into these good fixtures, um, you know, and have already got an assist, Brighton next. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm relatively confident. I, I, I just think his, his versatility is, is going to see him starting um, the majority of games going forward, and his importance in the side is, is, is just growing each yeah. week. I think, I, I think this is it. I, I genuinely believe this is it. This is this is Foden's year in the in the city side where he plays the majority of games. Interesting. So, I mean, you're confident he plays at Brighton then because he was taken off after 64 minutes with the Bruyne yeah. last night, which is an indicator he should start at Brighton, but. I don't know. I mean, Sterling start, came start off the bench, side of false it? side of false nine again yeah, uh, yeah, in Champions yeah. League. Yeah. You know, Torres isn't there at the moment. Yeah. I, I think I think he plays subbed. Yeah. No, no reason why. He's yeah, I think Sterling is the risk to him, right? Because Sterling came off the bench, right? And it's whether or not Sterling starts at Brighton. Hmm. Um, I don't think it's certain, right? You're never going to have it. Oh, you're never going to have certainty. No, you never can't certain. get it. So it's um, and I agree with you. I think of all the the City mids, he's got to be the one you go for at the moment because Grealish, I think, is having a bit of a dip. And you look elsewhere, and it's just the the rest of the cut, rest of the cast are even less reliable than, than Foden in terms of minutes as well. So, yeah, I it's interesting to see what you get out of him, right? Um, because they've had fifteen different scores now over the season, and that's what's yep. crazy about it. It's like even when they win four or five nil, you you can't expect double figures even out of that because the goals are so spread. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to win four or five nil at Brighton either. It's normally. Normally Mares goes to town on Brighton, doesn't he? I sometimes I always think Mares always scores at Brighton. Probably. Yeah. I mean we we did we did beat him uh last season. It was a hell of a game that I'm seeing the red card. Mm. Uh just just two things. One is I don't think this is a game that's that Pep is is gonna heavily rotate in. I, th- yeah. I think he's he's gonna go close to a, a full strength side. You know, Brighton are fifth in the league and it's an away match and a good side. I, I makes me more confident that Cancelo is gonna get another another run out. But yeah, I th- I think Foden Foden should start in that. Uh, secondly, uh, I don't know if you've seen the news, Lukaku's injured, been subbed off in the oh, Champions League. Oh, wow. Really? Ankle. Yeah, done his ankle, limping. Right, okay. That's the first time we've had a bombshell mid-show, isn't it? I know. Um, it's it's always, always worse when you finish the show and then it breaks after the show and you can't react to it. So at least at least we can we can talk about that tonight. Wow, that... that that uh, that is that's the first. I think we've never had that kind of thing happen mid-show before. So that Timo, is a bombshell. Uh, Timo Werner in right. Okay, so he, he limped. Was that first <laughs> half as well? Right, first half. Yeah, twenty off. twenty-two minutes. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that further on in the show. Um, yeah. So Jota, I I was um, watching the game through gritted teeth, really, because I was expecting him to come on because I thought, well, he's going to rest one on the front three for the last twenty minutes because they got Atletico. So surely he's going to rest Firmino or Mane, maybe even Salah. Uh, they got to a point where the game was in the bag, so why wouldn't it happen? And then he went, oh, no, I'm going to take both fullbacks off, which is interesting because he's rested one of them before. He'd never taken them both off in a double substitution, to my knowledge. Shows how important they are to them. And mm. he left the front three on. So Jota never got on the pitch. And also added to that, Firmino scored probably <laughs> the highest XG hat-trick I've ever seen. <laughs> um, he's had five shots this season and scored four goals, by the way, Firmino. Um, incredible. And now, because of that hat-trick, it's going to be very difficult for Jota to even get minutes, let alone a starting role, I think. So it was a cruel blow for me, a double whammy. Not only did he miss out on points, 
I had to watch his main rival yeah. get a hat-trick, which surely cements his start for a while, right? What's your thoughts on him? My my thoughts on Josh are the same as they've been for a year and and eight game weeks. Yeah, he, but it's not, got worse now, hasn't it, is what my point is. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not first choice. Even when Firmino was was not scoring goals, he still wasn't first choice. He was someone who came in and, and did a job every now and I then, gave, gave players a rest. He, he's, he's not. I for, don't, for me, I don't, he's not for now, me, but I think... Firmino, you, Salah and Mane is, 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 has been the preferred... I think it was three. close. I think there was a time this season where you could think, actually, it's it's gone the other way for a while. But I think... Because the, the ironic thing is, Firmino was trash in the first half. He gave the mm. ball away, he overhit passes. He did last night as well, but he got the hat-trick, so you can't take that away from him. So, uh, I, I mean, there's no doubt now Firmino's got the shirt and Joss is going to have to make do. Um, but I don't you've got to get rid. Well, I, think you've got to get, I think you've got to get rid. If I, if I had Jota, I'd be, get, I'd be well, prioritising getting rid of him. Well, he's, not, he's, not, he's, not, he's, not, he's not going to start against United. No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, he didn't start last night, so there's a chance. But I think that you know, Firmino's hat trick. You got the fact the game's Monday. If the game was Saturday, I think there was a chance. But I don't think now. No. So um, it is. It is a problem to me. But I think the outcome of Saturday's game didn't help me at all because I think if Firmino had got the one goal and looked didn't look particularly impressive in the first mm. half, then it would have been fine then I think it would have been more even over the next few matches. But now with a hat-trick and confidence, Firmino starts. You're, you're, right? you're, going, you're going to be settling for Jota coming in and giving a rest to one of the front three. That's, 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 that's his role at the moment in the side. I, th- I think it's a shame. It's a shame because you look at the data here and he, when he's on the pitch, there's no doubt he's a great asset to own. But one week, he's still, what a he's still frustrating though. Even when he is on the pitch, he still manages to frustrate. I, I don't... I, I, I'm so torn between thinking at 7-5 he's an absolute steal to tap into that Liverpool attack but also thinking he's a massive rotation risk and even when he does play he doesn't always get the points that he should do I'm, 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 just, I'm just not completely sold on yeah, it I think we'll go back to him because obviously when the African Cup of Nations is on oh god yeah know, now that's, you know, that's going to be now we're, now we're going to see a different yeah I mean it'll be, it'll be straight, straight in our teams then and what's yeah. interesting as well I, I, I was on Twitter defending the Jota thing and I said well I don't think any midfielder in the 7-5 bracket is a nailed on starter really maybe apart from Mount and then Mount mm. Mount didn't play at Brentford either and it's like well there's Mount fifth or sixth in our table 130.8 minutes per XG non-penalty but you know in the tougher games away from home it looks like Tuchel's going to play a more solid midfield base right he doesn't get in yeah well it's working like it's working well I think Kovacic, Kante and Jorginho is is solid and it's working well they're all playing fantastic and it's hard to know you feel like again, Mount's needed to unlock Lukaku a little bit more, but it's hard to know which one of those which one of those three to drop. See, he was someone that I was kind of loosely considering on on the wild card as a bit of a as a bit of a pun. And then when he didn't start, I thought, oh, that's that's just completely killed him off. And you look at Havertz as well. Havertz isn't starting too. There is definitely a, a lack of creativity in, in that Chelsea team, which is why hopefully they'll, they'll bring James in <laughs> to try and unlock it. To feed Havertz against Norwich. Oh, sounds Absolutely. Um, Havertz might be the play. Yeah, my God. Um, <laughs> okay, so further down the table, um, I've got a couple of players. Mbomo, which we do. I mean, let's just look at Mbomo just, just out of uh, illustration of how ridiculous this is. Mbomo has had 19 shots this season and hit the woodwork six times, right? To put that into perspective, last season, only two players hit the woodwork more often for the entire season. That was Kane and Watkins. Kane did it in 137 shots, hit the woodwork eight times. Watkins did it in in 97 shots, 
hit the woodwork seven times. And Bomo's hit the woodwork almost half of his effort so far. It's, that is absolutely outrageous. 19 shots and hit the woodwork six times is... Yeah. What's going well, on? Well, that's the question, isn't it? Is it? Is it just a complete lack of composure and he should be doing better? Or is it just really unlucky? It's a bit of both. Or is it both? <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of the ones he's hit the post, he hasn't hit cleanly. The one against Chelsea, he didn't, he didn't hit cleanly. Um, he had one against Arsenal, which was a well-struck shot, which was unlucky. I remember that one. It's funny, they've stuck in my mind because he's been most of my teams. But yeah, it's he's, he's a crazy run, isn't it? From and you've got to think that he still looked good though, didn't he? And he mm. still looks actually more of a goal threat than Tony in those games against tougher opponents. But I think, again, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think you're right. Against weaker opponents, which is what Brentford have got to come after the Leicester game, I think we'll see Tony yeah. more at the, at the, at the pinpoint. Surely the he's going to be he's going to be spearheading and not needed yeah. not needed so much to be to be dropping back. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's really interesting between them. Uh, I'm I'm still half tempted to go for for both of them. Um, if I was going to pick one, it's it's really close. I'd, I'd still favour him and Bomo for now, but there's not there's not much in it. Yeah, I mean he's 13th on our table, which is excellent for a 5.5 midfielder. Um, so I think you know going into Brentford's fixtures. Absolute bargain. Uh, Ismail Asar is my other midfielder that I've got, and he's down on 22nd, 193.5 minutes per XGI non-penalty. He's got four goals in eight games. That's pretty good. Uh, but going into tougher fixtures, of course, as this graphic shows, Watford have got Everton away, Southampton at home, so not too bad that one. Maybe Arsenal away as well. It's not too bad. United, Leicester, Chelsea, Man City is the run from 12. It's, it's awful. But also, Watford were an abomination against Liverpool. Absolutely dreadful, weren't they? I think it's one of the worst performances I've seen since Southampton lost 8-0 in that game against Leicester. It was just, there was nothing. There was there was no creativity. There was no fight. There was no tactics on show. It was just, it was it was really, really bad. Like everything Ranieri wouldn't have wanted, he, he got in that match. And, you know, it was strange tactical decisions. I mean, Danny Rose playing sort of out of position, just letting Salah. He doesn't look fit, Danny Rose. Past him. He, doesn't, he doesn't look like a Premier League player at the moment at all. Um, uh, Watford are just they're in they're in huge, huge sorry nine nil nine nil against against Leicester. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't see anything from them that makes me want to invest. Saar is is obviously the, the shining light, but I can't remember ever there being someone like Saar who's going to have to carry a team as much as he's going to have to do. Mm. So yeah, getting him further up the pitch and you know getting them him the main, the main source of goals is, is a tactic, but. I don't know. I still. I think maybe losing his energy down the wing might might be a bit problematic as well. Because if he's not getting any service and he's kind of stuck in in central roles, he's having to drop back. They're going to lose a bit of threat. I, I just. I just know. What, I just know what Ranieri does. I just don't mm. think they've got the. I just don't think they've got the squad to compete. I, I think that it's difficult to judge them on the back of that Liverpool performance because Liverpool are fantastic, right? Uh, you want to see something team. though, like you want to see. Well, a he hit the post. Like... He hit the post, didn't he? I mean, it was a good save by Keller in the end. So I think. There was something Not just from there. him, though, but you want, you want to no, see something from Watford, which just gives yeah. you a little bit of, you know, okay, there's something here to sort of grab yeah. onto. I, I just I just don't know what Ranieri could say. You know, if he's got a notebook of like, you know, positives and negatives and doing a bit of a sandwich, it's just, uh, so you looked okay for about Well, they've got to get seconds. the ball to Sar, right? And, and, yeah. That's it. That is their escape route. That's the only chance they've got because they haven't got any quality elsewhere, in my view. So I don't think they will stay up. But I do think Saar Sa was playing up front. He was playing in the central mm. attacking role, right? We wondered whether he was playing a front two. He was, he was central in a front three. 
they moved her too when João Pedro came on, I think, and Saar did drift out wide a bit more then. So for me, it's a hold for now for Everton to Hampton and see what Ranieri does. Because if Watford score a goal, I find it hard to believe Saar's either not going to score it or be involved. And he's probably no, on penalties as well. So, you know, the graphic here shows his average position for game week eight. Right smack down the middle, he was a central striker. So I think like Mbomo, I've got a cheap, you know, promoted player playing a central striker role. Saar is a better player than Bomo, in my view, but he's in a mm. worse team. So what does that get me? I don't know, but I'm going to hold him. And I think if you've got Saar, you hold him for another couple, in my opinion. Yeah, you've, you've got to hold him for Everton. Now, now Decore's out and Cavaloon's out for longer. I mean, how, how many times can Benitez keep patching up Everton to get them, oh, get them competing? Cool. <laughs> so you, you've, got, you've got to think Watford have got a chance in that match um, at the weekend. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm... I'm Fairly glad not to have any Watford players in my team, though. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> uh, let's look at forwards. Not a Watford player in sight here, really. Um, so these are the top ranked forwards by minutes. Bruce Yine on penalty, and no surprise to Firmino at the top. He's had five shots and scored four goals. He's uh, ex Yine on penalty seventy seven point six, which is ridiculous, ahead of Ronaldo on one hundred hundred point five. Then comes Antonio on one hundred eleven point eight. Uh, Godos, who's only played some minutes off the bench on one hundred thirty one point six, and then Callum Wilson, who's back on 136 minutes per XGI non-penalty. Callum Wilson, first of all, do we trust him or is he just going to get injured again in a few weeks? Probably. And he, he won't get an easier goal to score than, than the one he did against Spurs when they just crossed the ball and Dyer just didn't even go with him and he just headed it in. It was, you know, it was a great, great start to the, to the new reign, but yeah, obviously it ended up in, in failure. I, I mean, I do like Callum Wilson. I think, you know, with, with St. Maximan there, if, if they can keep him fit, they, they should get goals between them. Newcastle, uh, uh, I just, I, don't, I just don't know. Similar to Saar, I just don't know if I want a Newcastle player in my mm. side. It's going to be interesting. Obviously, Bruce has left today. Who they're going to get to come in? The January window is going to be really interesting. But up until January, I think I'm, I'm going to be avoiding. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I think we said at the top of the show, Antonio is probably a keep for a couple more weeks. And then we've heard tonight. Lukaku could have an injury, which mm. we don't know the severity of it. Where it will amount. Obviously, if that's a precaution, they're going to take him off straight away. So we'll hear what Tuchel has to say. But that obviously has to bring in Kane and Vardy into the equation, right? So even before tonight, um, Kane and Vardy were players we've got to consider going forward. You look at um, Spurs' fixtures here, and from game week 12, they've got Leeds, Burnley, Brentford, Norwich, right? That's a great run. That could tempt the wild card out of me. Uh, Leicester, mm. we've already looked at their fixtures. They've got a good run from 13, 14, 15, 16 as well. So I've had a look at these two, and it's interesting. I'm looking at last season's data compared to this season's data, and Kane is is kind of declined, right? And what's what we'd expect? We've seen with the ISS, in every factor, minutes per shot, minutes per shot in the box, minutes per big chance, he fared better on average last season compared to this season so far. Vardy's the opposite, though, interestingly, in that his data so far this season has improved on last season uh, and arguably his fixtures are better as well in the short term so if you were choosing one of these two now say Lukaku is out where would you go? Uh, I would be going for Vardy right. because I think Vardy is the best option at Leicester by country mile I still think Son's the best option at, at Spurs uh, simple as that I, I, th- I think Vardy you know is, is, just, is just demonstrating consistency uh, more than more than Spurs are, and I'm, I'm going to get comments in the chat saying I'm always slating Spurs and all that stuff. And yeah, I mean I am because they're rubbish. And again, if if I was going to get any Spurs players, I'd only consider Son. 
I, I just I still don't think Kane is is looking is looking right. It, it was it was a better performance against Newcastle. You know, looking up for Son and getting the ball to him, but he he doesn't look happy. He, he just looks mm. he looks like he's just kind of drifting and and just going with it. Whereas Son looks like he's the one that's trying to make things happen. He's got his new contract. He's smiling. He's all excited. And Kane just like oh, another game. Let's just get this over with. Maybe I'll get my move in January. It's not. I don't know. Men- mentally, it's it, mentally there's, there's something definitely not right with him. So are you going to go into 12, 13, 14, 15 without Kane then? You're just going yeah. to go in with the right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it will be Vardy for you then if you're looking at one of these two at the moment. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if, if this Lukaku um, injury is, is is serious, then then I think it, it probably will be Lukaku to Vardy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, another player just to talk about briefly is Brohart, the um, Chelsea loanee at Southampton. Uh, made his full debut uh, at the weekend and really impressive. We look at his, his stats from that game in terms of rank for forwards, touches in the box, he was top for the game week. Shots, he was top with five. Shots in the box, five first. XGI on penalty, he was fifth overall for strikers 0.8. Um, five million. Possible third striker? Yeah, I like him. I, I think, you know, compared to Perica at 4-5, who's not even in the country, you know, <laughs> pay, pay, paying a little bit extra for, for someone like him. And, you know, I've done it with Smith Rowe. I've, I've paid a little bit extra to get away from your Brown Hills and your Basumas and all that, to have someone who I can bring in and out. And um, yeah, Brown is someone that, that I like the look of. I guess the, the question marks with him are, you've got Adam Armstrong there, you've got Che Adams. Uh, you know, there's, 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 pros- there's probably quite a bit of rotation around that. But at five million, does it really matter? I think if you're if you're wildcarding, you're going with five in midfield. I think he's an he's an easy pick. I guess there's there's some with the, with the, with the fixtures they've got, particularly with Burnley. What for the next two? There's even mm. an argument to to potentially play him. Yeah, no, absolutely, all good. Uh, okay, let's get into one. The, oh, can I ahead. mention? Can I just talk about one other player? That, that yeah. You, oh, you want to go to Edward, don't you? Let's go, I back go to the table wanna, and have a look. I want to go Edward because he, he is yeah. someone I'm I'm actually thinking of bringing in this week. Um, I was impressed with 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 Palace, which doesn't doesn't feel nice saying, but they they played well. But what I liked about them was they had a system that didn't include Zaha, and they still got performances out of yeah. out of their squad. And I think Edouard is he, he get he's getting subbed around the eighty minute mark, but he really is the kind of the spearhead of of that side. He's he's looking like a really really good signing for them. Um, the goal the goal he scored was was nice. Uh, and if you look at the the stats that you've got on the list, I think he's he's quite a way down. I think he's uh, he's 24th. What's this sorted by? It's sorted by minutes per shine on penalty. But each, interesting for minutes per shot, he's, he's high, right? Because yeah, he minutes, had that minutes sub per shot. Exactly. Minutes per shot is high. And also minutes per big chance is 135. Yeah. Uh, which is much more in keeping with some of the... It's better, know, it's better than Lukaku himself on 155. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, Edouard and Palace generally, right? We're looking at Gallagher... Um, Zaha maybe will come into the equation for us in midfield, but Gallagher's the temptation because he's cheaper, mm. right? I think the frustration with them is if we if we look at the uh, look at the ticker, is is when when do you move for Palace assets because they've got some good fixtures, but they're sprinkled around some difficult ones as well. I guess from eleven, Wolves, Burnley, Villa, Leeds, that's a decent run for Palace, right? And that's where you might look at Edward. Yeah, I mean, all, all this week, I mean, New, Newcastle at home. This week is is decent, and if you if you've got players to cover him, you know when when they play City in game week twelve, it's not so bad. I mean, Livermento, for example, could come in Watford away. Um, I've got Smith Rowe, who's got Leicester away. Which okay, the numbers are better, but I wouldn't. I, I still I still think teams can get at them. I'd be interested to see if they if they can keep it tight against Brentford as well. Um, so I think if you're if you're if you're bringing him in in wild and you kind of got to play him, maybe you wait for. 11 but I think if you can bench him against against City where I'm not expecting anything then the Newcastle at home looks looks a good fixture. I can I can see Palace doing doing Newcastle 
over. I mean, you know, you talk about a, a team with a real identity versus a team with without one, especially with no manager and not much time to get get that in. I, th- I think that that's a really really tough game for for Newcastle away at Palace. Yeah, absolutely. They'll be rocking at Selhurst Park as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. Um, okay, let's look at our predictions then, because you've been doing rather well with this recently. I don't want to dwell on this too much because you're beating me in every department now for correct scores, uh, for outcomes and for clean sheets. You are dominating the moment, although both of us had a poor week, Game Week 8, didn't we? Yeah, three three right for me and four right for you. Uh, yeah, we, we aim for a 50% target. So yeah, we're, we're both sure of that. I mean, I've got a 100% clean sheet record this week though. I mean, I only predicted two, but gone both right. <laughs> yep, no, absolutely. And if you've got that 50% correct outcome over the season, I'm on 46.3. So lagging behind, I've got to back my ideas up and uh, restore parity uh, as we go into game week nine. So let's look at our predictions for that now. Um, the Arsenal-Villa game is the Friday kick, right? So we don't have long to... Flick- mm. Don't have long to consider what happens with Lukaku, um, which doesn't help, obviously, with the Friday deadline. And don't like them very much. But yeah, so Arsenal-Villa, I've gone one all. Uh, I see it as another frustrating game for Arsenal. You've gone even worse than that. Having witnessed them play on Monday, you've gone a Villa away win. Tell us about that. Yeah, I just, like I said, I just wasn't that impressed with with Arsenal. And I think, you know, Villa are going to be so... So, I mean, so bad, such a bad end to that match for them, you know, comfortable tuning up 80 minutes, you know, to not get a win there. I think, you know, they, they're going to want to really prove a point and, and, you know, and try and play. And I think if, if Saka isn't, if Saka isn't there, which, and he's not been training, and I don't think he will play. I think, I think Villa have, have a better team than Arsenal do mm. at the moment. Yeah. And, and Villa did very well there last season, of course. I think mm. Watkins had a fantastic game. Did he get a hat-trick? I think he did, didn't he? At, uh, the Emirates last season, he scored. Yeah, yeah I good. think he had a really good game there. So, yeah, I think I think Villa and overdue a, a decent result as well because I think they've impressed me in spells, but I haven't really got the results to show for it. So I've gone a one-all. You've gone your way win. Uh, you've gone three-nil Chelsea Norwich, but would you change that now with Lukaku possibly <laughs> out? I've gone two-nil. Well, and Werner out. Apparently, Werner's now down oh. injured as oh. well. Okay. So, uh, nah, I'll sit, I'll sit with three-nil. Let's let's give let's give some of the other players a, a chance. Uh, to impress them. not like Werner and Lukaku have been banging them in for the last six games. Well, they rely on their uh, defenders to score, weren't they? Um, yeah. Palace versus Newcastle, one uh, nil for you. I've gone two nil. We're, we're both decided on a home win there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think I think it, it, I've gone a bit conservative there. I think I think it could potentially be even more. Um, I, I think I, I can't I can't see Newcastle getting getting anything from that. Okay. Uh, difference of opinion here. You've gone the home win for Everton by a one goal to nil. I've gone one all. I I just think Everton without Decore will struggle. I mean. Like you said, how many injuries can they withstand and absorb because they're losing key players everywhere? I watched them against West Ham and they just didn't have a cutting edge. I mean, Gray looks all right in, in spells. Townsend, always quality service. Rondon's not a Premier League striker anymore. He did put a shift in, but doesn't have the end product. Um, I worry about them going forward. I think Watford, they could win it, but I'm going for a one-all draw. I just, mm. I just think Ranieri might nick a point here. Um, so that's what I've gone with and you've gone for a win but long term if, if Cavaloon is out until Christmas which is the rumour it's a problem isn't it? Well they need to get Richarlison back and get yeah. Rondon out of that team I mean what was what was so telling about that West Ham game was about I think it was about 60-65 minutes in Rondon did a sprint and then he was literally just in the penalty area kind of head in his hand just like I'm absolutely knackered yeah. And it was obvious he needed sub. He stayed on, just stayed on for had the rest to. of the game. He had, yeah. he had nothing left, nothing left in the tank, and they'd had no options to to bring him on. He, he was absolutely done. So yeah, I mean, to Corey out is an absolutely massive. Loss he drives them, doesn't he? He drives them absolutely. back to front. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess Tom Davies comes in into the side and, and plays at centre mid. I'm not expecting this to be a particularly good game. I was just so uninspired by Watford that I'm going to give it to Everton because Benitez has been finding a way to mm. to get sort of quite average players playing quite well. Uh, but it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a good time for Watford to play Everton for sure. And talking about teams in decline, Leeds, you've gone the away win for Wolves here. So have I. Uh, I've gone 2-1, you've gone 1-0. They were dire at Southampton, weren't they? Absolutely slated I was for saying they could be in a relegation battle this year. Uh, I, you know, it was the, first, the stat I, I found was it was the first time in 44 games they've played in the Premier League, they've been outrun. Was it? Mm, against Southampton. Interesting. Right, that so, is a very interesting stat because you so don't you, expect that to decline. No, and, and you, you think, you know, these, these fringe players have, have kind of come in and we know Bielsa doesn't like a lot of players. He likes a thin squad. He likes to, you know, um, keep faith in, in the ones that, you know, the, his favourites. And I think it just shows, A, their squad is too thin because when they have injuries to key players or when they, Rafinha misses out, they don't have the players that can come in and, and do a job. But also, is, is, there, is there a bit of, oh, I don't, I don't want to, you know, it's always that thing, I don't want to say about tightness, I don't want to say about that, but it, it is very telling that, because that is the stat, right? You can understand it, le- lack of quality, less shots, all that stuff, but mm. effort, you expect that effort to still be there. And for that not to have been there against Southampton, given the position they're in, I think is is worrying. So I, I just can't, I can't, I just can't see them beating Wolves. I think Wolves are, are a really good side. They won their last season, I think. I think Jimenez, did Jimenez score? I, I think it was a 1-0 win for Wolves um, last season. I think that, um, yeah, Jimenez scores, I think he was in my team at the time. And he's back, of course, and they've got, you know, Traore, who, who looked apart again in places at the weekend. Um, Hwang, Hwang's, Obviously, was heavily backed in wild cards. I looked at, didn't realize he's, he's only had three shots this season. Right? Yes, that's that's so really crazy. Really poor. People yeah. were on him on the back of three shots. Um, but yeah, you know, he's got potential. I think Lee, the Wolves have got weapons, right? And I look at Leeds and think, where where are their weapons now? I mean, Rathina, a lot of a lot of people turn to him in the wild card, and they'll be looking for him in this game to produce something. I just worry. I mean, I could go Rathina. Right? I could go Jota to Rathina. Right? I could go Benrahma to Rathina, but. I don't know if the time is right because Leeds were so poor and unless mm. Bamford is back and unless Phillips is back, Phillips obviously is key, I think. I do wonder whether Rafina can produce on his own in that Leeds team. Yeah, but I mean, you're backing Saar in a, in a Watford True. team who are worse, arguably worse or, you know. <laughs> yeah, but he's up front, isn't he? I mean, I think Saar can get a scrappy goal whereas Rafina. At the but moment, Rafina's. Raf- I mean, Rafina is 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 a, is a better player than yeah. Saar. But F- FPL wise, again, it's still that question of, of can Rafina deliver? I think Rafina's gonna gonna outscore his, his price tag of six five comfortably. We've said it since the start of the season. Mm. Um, he, I think he's he's gonna get some sort of relatively consistent returns. But would I be moving heaven enough to bring him in? Probably not. I just don't think this is the week because I do think, like I said, I'm going for a away win. I do think Leeds might get a goal, but. It just didn't feel me comfortable. I need to see Leeds back on full power before I'm convinced. Because yeah. Rafina, even last season, wasn't punishing managers who didn't have him. He was getting single-digit returns or, you know, picking up a couple of bonus points and missing out on an assist and a goal. So I don't look at Rafina and think I'm scared of him. And when Leeds aren't playing well and they're not on full power, no. I think I can go without. Uh, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. I mean, you know, obviously Leeds have got a lot of players out. It might be a different story if Leeds had their, their first team playing every week and and stuff, but it's 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 gonna be a lot of Rafina's gonna to have to do a lot of carrying yeah. over the next few weeks. The fixtures are good though. So yeah, hopefully he can he can he can still get some points. But yeah, essential, nah. 
Southampton Burnley, I've gone one all. You've gone the one nil. Um, you don't at Burnley here. Then this is this is Garden Centre. If you had a, a, a three <laughs> o'clock uh, Garden Centre appointment, this is the time to take it. As well as Everton, Watford. In fact, the three o'clock kickoffs aren't particularly inspiring, are they? Across the board. Um, so I don't think we're going to get many points or goals from these matches. But Southampton Burnley, you've gone a meagre one nil. I've gone one all. What do you make of Southampton? I mean. Redmond looked lively again. Redmond always does this to me. Like He's a player I like. And whenever I see him have a good game, I always think, differential there for a couple mm. of games. I do like him as a player. He, he strikes me as a player that if you stuck him in a, a team with better players all around him, you could turn him into something, you know, get extra from him. Mm. Because he's technically so good. It's just no end product, as you would say. Yeah, <laughs> I, would, I would say that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we're both guilty of underestimating Southampton a lot in these predictions. I don't think we ever really back them to, to do well. And then they're having a, a, a pretty decent season, especially when you can see they lost Danny Ings and, and Vestergaard and, and had to kind of, you know, re, remake their team again for what seems like the, the millionth time. Um, I think, they've got, I think they've, got some good, they've got some good players in. They've got options up front. They've got Livramento playing well. They haven't got Ward-Prowse, obviously, but found a way to win without him against Leeds. McCarthy's having a decent season um, as well. And yeah, Burnley... I mean, they did well not to lose 5 0 against Man City, but I, I, I don't really know where the goals are coming from. I mean, Chris Wood obviously is, is there, but not really, not really delivering. Mm. They've, they're not the Barcelona like <laughs> passing style they had towards the end of last season. They're not particularly defensively orientated as well. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a bit they've of a. They've lost their identity a bit, haven't they? Yeah, I don't know I what think they, they are, have. really. I mean, I no. think they're kind of caught between the two stools about their night. They're not, they're not convincing in attack, they don't have goals in them. But also, they're certainly not the resolute defensive team they were seasons past either. So they are flirting with you know, relegation form at the moment. But I just, you, they, they find a way. I think they, they won here last season, I remember. I think Chris Wood got a couple and um, hmm. uh, Vidra as well played well. So I, I think they might get something from this. Uh, I've gone one all. Uh, Brighton, Man City, you've just gone the one nil, which is quite a conservative estimate. I've gone two nil. I think they'll give them a game though, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I I wanted I wanted to back Brighton for a for a point here. Um, I think we'll we'll give them a good game. I just can't really see how we're going to score, mm. and I think they will score. <laughs> so I kind of had to it. go for a yeah. for a, for a one nil City. Um, but I I wouldn't be too surprised if, if if Brighton did manage to nick a goal and you know manage to keep it you know keep keep City. Then it, it, it could be a one all. But yeah, it, it should be a good game. I'm glad it's the I'm glad it's televised. Looking yeah. forward to watching it. Yeah, fine. And Basuma should be back, right? Because I think he was on the bench the other week, wasn't he? So no, he's he's uh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I think he's back. In, yeah, I think yeah. he's back he's, in contention. He's back in the squad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brentford Leicester. Uh, you're gone two one for Brentford, right? So you're falling in love with Brentford, aren't you? And I'm going to go am. two all because Leicester are the form team, as you saw. I think these are two form teams together. Be a cracking game. You're going to tell me though that West Ham Spurs is live on TV and Brentford Leicester yeah. isn't, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, oh God! Yeah. Do, you, do you want me to tell you? I'm sure it is. Uh, I'm sure. It is. Well, I think West Ham yeah, Spurs, Spurs will be. Of course, it is. But Spurs I think Brentford Leicester yeah. will be goals in this game, and it'll be a good one to watch. Um, I've gone to a. You've gone to one. You, you see some joy there for Vardy, Tony, and Bruno, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you wrote Europa League again. They, they played a pretty strong team in that. Uh, I still have my doubts about whether Rogers knows what his strongest team is. I think I think he'll sort it out, and then they'll they'll start picking up points and move up the table. But right now, I, I still think it's a, a fairly decent time to to play them. I wonder if Daka's going to come in, for example, need actual yeah. miss out. Four or, goals, or, 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 you know what I mean? Something it's hard it's hard to bench a player, isn't it? When they when they've just scored four goals yeah. uh, in the Europa League, whereas Brentford are just so dependable, solid. I like I said, they were so good against Chelsea. They've been good in every game I've I've seen them play. It wouldn't surprise me if if Leicester won. 
because you know Leicester are quite inconsistent playing well one week playing badly the other week but Brentford are just consistently good so I'm back in the, the consistency uh, West Ham Spurs we've both gone home win um, you yep. fancy a 3-2 I've gone 2-1 no hangover from Europa League for West Ham and I, I think you're right I think that attacking terms I like them I mean Rice was fantastic at Goodison Park really drove the team forward um, ben Rama had a few efforts. It just didn't fall for Ben Rama and Antonio on the day, did it? I, I think they they showed promise. Bowen looked good, but there just wasn't a clear sight of goal for either of them. Um, mm. And in the end, it was a set piece again, which Ogbonna was always reliable at the near post and flicked it home. I think there'll be goals in this game, though, as do you, though. Yeah, and you know, getting in Dombele back in the team is is, is a good move for Spurs, uh, I think. And you know, hopefully Kane can can start kicking off. He, obviously, he looked better, and it's a derby. You'd hope he can kind of get roused derby, for it. He? Loves a derby, yeah. But I, I just think West Ham got got too much about them tactically, creative, attacking. Yeah, they d- defensively, you know, the clean sheet at Everton was was quite a big result for them. So, I th- but I think Spurs can can get a couple. But I'm back in West Ham to score And finally, uh, the big game of the four thirty kickoff on Sunday is United Liverpool. Uh, I've gone three one. You've gone two nil. It's hard to see United getting a result, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Solskjaer's got a poor record in, in the top six, but doesn't often... I mean, he obviously had the big loss against Spurs last season, but you look at the, or the amount of nil-nils or one-nils and, and all that, he, he, he does have a way of keeping it quite tight against, against his side, but I, I, just, I just don't see how you can keep Salah quiet in the, in the form he's in. He's, he, he's, he's going to surely rip, rip Maguire apart. He's, by all accounts, Maguire's having another poor game tonight. Is Varane going to be back? Not sure. It means Lindelof's probably back in. Yeah, I, I, I think Liverpool Liverpool score a couple and they're good defensively as well. So how are you not going to score? My only doubt is Luke Shaw always seems to play Salah very well um, in my experience. I've had Salah captain against Shaw a couple of times, I think. So I remember being frustrated by the fact that he hardly gave Salah a kick. But this is a, I mean, this is a different Salah at the moment though, isn't it? Best player in the world. Mm. You're you're putting it out there straight away. Yeah, I said I've, I've said it. I said it last week as well. He's there's there's there's, there's no one better in the world of football at the moment. Not the way he's playing. Mm. Well, it's, it's certainly what you know. Form confidence. The fact he's enjoying his football. He's doing things on the pitch which are remarkable. And the goal at Watford was ridiculous. Um, every every week. The, the I think the only team to stop him scoring in the Premier League this this year has been Burnley. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll talk about the captaincy conversation in a minute. We're just going to look at the. Um, the captain matrix first. Um, and it's, you know, obviously this is before the injury to Lukaku. So we've got Lukaku as the top candidate with Salah now. I mean, I've moved Salah into that conversation because before it was all about Lukaku at home to mm. Norwich. It certainly isn't now. And we'll look at the data behind that in a minute. But going forward, Lukaku and Salah game week 10 were our favoured. Uh, Lukaku at home away at Newcastle, Salah at home to Brighton. Lukaku and Salah for game week 11 as well. Lukaku at home to Burnley, Salah at West Ham. All of these have Salah with a harder fixture, but it's just at the moment it's difficult not to give it to him, isn't it? I don't want to captain him this week because I know that he's going to be my captain every other week and it feels like United should be a harder game. But when you look at the stats that you presented earlier with United having one of the worst defences in the league, given the way he's playing, and now Lukaku injured, potentially, or even, you know, there was worries he was going to be rested even before he got the knock. I think, you know, we need Tuchel to come out in his press conference and say, Lukaku's fine and we'll start tomorrow. Oh, he's he did, a, is he well, going to say that? He, he, did, he did do that in the, in the press conference last week, didn't he? He, he did say Lukaku yeah. will, will start, will, mm. you know, will play. Mm. If he doesn't say that, if there's any doubts around Lukaku, 
I I just can't see how you can't give it to can't give it to Salah. Mm. I mean, this is a, my, what you said is interesting there about you're looking for a week where you don't give it to Salah because looking forward and this reinforces it. I mean, a few weeks back. I was looking ahead and thinking, oh, some differentials here, you know, mm. and where we, you know, if Salah at home to Arsenal, maybe I could go uh, Son or Kane at home to Leeds because that's a good fit for the Spurs. But what Salah has done in recent weeks is basically killing that off, isn't it? Because I don't think you can look beyond him for the captaincy now at all. No. <laughs> this is about the only week, Lukaku, with the best fixture he's ever going to have I mean. this season. And even then, we're like, hmm, I don't know. So, I think I think Ronaldo v Watford in in twelve is it will be a painful watch not having Ronaldo. I think I need to get him in for that because that is that is Ronaldo territory. That is you know a, a weak team. He he thrives off scoring goals against against yeah. sides like that. And and Salah does have Arsenal who could potentially put up more of, more of a fight. Mm. So it's twelve. But yeah, other games is is Salah. Mm. Okay. Well, before the Lukaku injury, this is what um, Tuchel said. Um, yesterday um, ahead of the Malmo game this evening. Um, in this very moment, I feel Romelu is a bit overplayed. I think he played too many competitions over the summer, too many competitions with the national team. I feel he's a bit tired, mentally tired. Not that we have a concern, but for me, it's that he doesn't fully enjoy it without having a second or third thoughts, as in he doesn't enjoy playing. Uh, for me, he's overplayed a bit. It is difficult to judge. Does he need a break or is it better to keep him on the pitch? And why is he asking us? Because I mean, I know, yeah. And that answer I would give, <laughs> right? But then he goes and gets the ankle knock tonight. We don't know the severity of it, but we've got to think that, you know, if if he's saying this before before matches anyway, and Norwich is a game you'd expect Chelsea to win without him, possibly, then there is a chance that Lukaku won't play at the weekend now, because particularly with the injury, right? Yeah, I mean, I can understand why you would why he would say this. I mean, it's it's one of those ones which is taking pressure off the player who hasn't yeah. been hasn't been playing particularly well and hasn't been scoring. It's a you know a pretty common sort of managerial tactic. Whether there is truth in it is, is another thing. But like I said earlier, my instinct isn't this is just talk. I, I get that sense that Lukaku, there's something not quite right with him as well, and he he does look a bit fatigued. But. Do you, do you do you take it? Well, I, just, I, I, just, I, I don't know. I don't know whether you take him out or, or you or you leave him in. It's it's it's, it's a it's a really like tough like conundrum. Mm. Um, I mean, it's just it's just the worst week for it to happen, really, isn't it? Because I'd, I'd still want a a fifty percent Lukaku against Norwich in the side. Without the injury, I was still going to stick with him. I think. Yeah, and you'll see when you see our teams. I've yeah, yeah, him, for right? sure. Um, yeah. Because I, I watched the whole press conference where this came from today and I think that I read it as, you know, he quickly qualified tired, he said mentally tired, right? He didn't he didn't emphasise the physically tired. Um, and I think that's important, the fact that he had, because he, he said a bit tired, mentally tired, he quickly put that in, right? As to say, well, you know, he's not, he's not lacking match fitness or he's not, you know, fatigued in that way. It's mental. And then he talked about how Lukaku bears a lot of the responsibility for Belgium and obviously he probably feels the same for Chelsea as well. And you're right, he doesn't, he looks like there's something wrong. But I do think also Tuchel said before this that they were still learning again to play with him, get mm. the rhythm. And they're not going to get that by leaving him out of matches like Norwich where they can get that rhythm going, they can get mm. that understanding going and he can score goals. So before the injury, I was like, no, I think he starts. Particularly, I was going to. I was expecting him to be taken off early tonight, after an hour or seventy minutes. Not, yeah. not twenty-two minutes though, with an injury, right? So I think it. I mean, I've got. We've got a 
collect our thoughts and think about this and listen to Tuchel after the game. Like, we can't really make a call now on this show because we don't have all the info. But I think now, with a potential injury as well, we've got to think that there's every chance Lukaku doesn't start. It's just, it's just so FPL, isn't it? It's just, yeah. it's just, it's just classic FPL. Like you, you think six weeks ago it was Lukaku nailed for this run, and now it's. Now we're debating moves to Vardy, who we probably weren't considering before, and you, you just know whatever you do is is going to be the wrong thing. You take him out for Vardy, you see Lukaku in the starting lineup, you panic. Really tricky. And from my really perspective, tricky. I remember when I bought Lukaku in, it was like, oh, I'm going to get him in early because we're all going to want him for that run. And uh, I think Luke said, "Well, anything could happen, couldn't it?" And it's like, yeah, yeah whatever. Um, but look, look what's happened now, you know. Like, so basically, I've carried him through that more difficult run of fixtures for this run. He yeah. hasn't delivered in the first, of, well, first two of those games, Southampton and Brentford. And I was thinking, well, it'll all turn now when it, when it, when they, you know, when they've got the fixtures they've got. Um, but he may not be a factor now. So it just shows you. I mean, I've probably got away with that, but it was an error, wasn't it, to do that? Because we should know by now. You can't forward plan to that extent because mm. anything could happen, and and looks like it may have well have done. So, yeah, far cry for you booking in transfers at the start of the season, eh? Yeah, I mean it's just so tough, isn't it? I, th- I think I think trying it was worthwhile, right? I think I think it was a worthy thing to do because trying to get ahead of the curve, not play the wild card. I mean, I feel for those who obviously have played the wild card and got him in now, right? Because mm. that was one of the driving factors behind. Okay, I've got to play the wild card because I need Ronaldo for this match. So it's not just me who's been punished by this; it's people who've. But the wild card yeah, yeah. as well. Well, there'll, there'll, there'll be people who went for Vardy over over both of them, and yeah. you know, and and they've been have been absolutely you know reaping the rewards. So this is the data for the captain conversation, um, and yeah, I mean Ronaldo is top for minutes per XGI on penalty, but to be sort, I mean, and then what do you make of Ronaldo's form at the moment? Yeah, I mean he was he was very poor against Leicester. Had had some good opportunities and, and couldn't convert them, and you know was getting a bit of flack from the press and teammates and everything, which. Yeah, uh, he's yeah, is is interesting. Far cry from the two goals against Newcastle uh, that he got all, all those weeks ago. I just yeah, oh, I don't know. It's, it's 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 really tough. I I just don't trust United in these tough fixtures to score lots mm. of goals, and I and I just don't think he's going to justify twelve five. He's he's an easy he's an easy sell for me still. Yeah, and it's funny we were talking about freemium, weren't we, with Ronaldo, Lukaku, Salah as the three heavy hitters, and it it looks like only one's going to survive and that's the one that's yeah. just thriving. Salah here in our table, seven goals, five assists, incredible, of course. A minute per shot, 21.8. Antonio beats that 20.2 and Ronaldo does 18.7. They both beat Salah for minutes per shot on penalty as well, but Salah's numbers are fantastic. His end product is fantastic. His confidence is through the roof. When you look at the defensive data as well, when you look at the fact that United, over the last four actually turn out with worse data than Norwich. I mean, Norwich have recently moved to a back five. They've gone three at the back. They will certainly pack their defence at Stamford Bridge, so it could frustrate Chelsea and Lukaku, even if he's on the pitch. United, meanwhile, will be cheered by an Old Trafford faithful who expect them to attack. I don't mm. think they will, because Ollie will probably be cautious, but they can't defend the entire game because United faithful will demand it. So Liverpool will just pick them off, couldn't they? Yeah, I, I I think so. I mean, it's it's, it's telling you to come back to Ronaldo quickly. If you were to ask me to pick one of Ronaldo or Fernandez going forward, I'd pick right. Fernandez. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It has shifted back. Point, point, point 0.7 difference in, in price now. Uh, and it's Fernandez who's ticking over two assists in the last two games. And it's Ronaldo who's and, and possibly lost penalties 
as well. So Fernandez is now back to the attacking option of, of choice, but I, I'm avoiding all of them. Still think, still think it's the way to go. What's interesting, if Lukaku was fit, the Norwich defence is, you know, it's ranked third over the last four here in terms of minutes per XG non-penalty. So there are two defences worse than Norwich over the last four for the opponents facing the captain counters. That's Watford um, and, uh, and Manchester United. Um, but Norwich have had the fifth best fixtures in that run. So therefore, their defence is poor with good mm. fixtures as well. Which was one of the factors by me sticking with Lukaku before the news broke today of the injury. Um, so I think, as this data presents, I was willing to take the risk on Lukaku because I, I my attitude was, if I'm not going to captain him in this game, you know, when am I going to captain him? When am I going to look beyond Salah now? And so that was the attitude I had. I do expect, had he started, him to score something in this game because I do think Chelsea will have far too much for Norwich. If they get the early goal, I think they will break them down yep. two or three nil. So I was willing to risk it, but I, I think now, it's it's a different story. Um, what where are you what are you thinking going into exactly that? the same? Yeah, exactly the same. I, I think if you know if 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 Lukaku had got his sixty minutes and subs, I'd be on him. You know, over over Salah for sure because I, I, I think. I, I think Salah will return against against United, but I yeah. like the idea that Lukaku could blow Norwich away. There's always that chance, isn't there? And you've got a striker, you know, world class or not, you've got a striker playing for a team like Chelsea, playing one of the worst teams in the league. You always want to kind of back that. It just it just depends on Tuchel's comments. If he just says, oh, he's fine, like just precautionary or whatever, but it doesn't really look like he was. Well, it, it seems like he was in quite a bit of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait. Friday deadline as well means we've got yeah. even less... Nightmare. Even less time to to get information and, and news. Well, here's your team as it stands with the captaincy on Lukaku. Do you want to talk us through it for the podcast? Yeah, Ramsdale and goal. Uh, Trent James, Cancelo, uh, Mbumo, Salah, Rafina, Foden, and I'm 50-50 between Smith Rowe and Livramento, which I'm going to play. Uh, and then Antonio and Lukaku captain, currently up front uh, with Mope and Duffy on the bench. So I'm what pretty, would you do? What would you do? If Lukaku's ruled out, what would you do? I would do Lukaku to Vardy, I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, Havertz is, is the one. Havertz has just scored, by the way. Uh, he's the one that, you know, could potentially be quite a good option if Lukaku's out for... It's, it's all speculation. We don't know how long he's out for. If he was mm. out for a few weeks, he, he could potentially come in, especially with Werner, if Werner's out as well. Um, but I've got no real way of moving for him unless I took out Foden, which, which I'm obviously not going to do. So, yeah, it, it would probably be Lukaku to, to Vardy. Um, or I would just go with my other move, which is which is Mope to Edward, and right. and, and, just, and just bench Lukaku. Yeah, I guess Vardy's got the Burnley game. Oh, no, what's he got coming up after? Let's have a look at the ticker. Um, go back and have a look what he's got coming up after this. Um, Arsenal at home, Leeds away. Yeah, I mean they're two fixtures where I would expect Leicester to get a goal or two and counter attacking at Arsenal. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, Home to Arsenal rather, and counter attacking at Leeds rather. He, he, he did well there last season as well, didn't he? So I think, I think Vardy would probably be the way to go. Um, there's no doubt about that. But obviously, we've got to know more on the injury. It's a shame, though, isn't it? Because I think that we were set with that team, and now that this is a disruptive injury of the worst kind at the worst time, right? If that is the case. So, um, so what will you do if Lukaku's fit? Will you make a transfer at all? I'm, well, I, I am tempted by Edouard, like I keep saying, but I, I don't know who who I'd bench. I, I think I think I probably will play Livermento over Smith Rowe. Do I need to make a move of, of Mopay to Edouard just so I can bench 
Livermento. But then I think I could potentially have people missing out. I could have James missing out. I could have mm. Foden missing out. It does strengthen me somewhat. Um, I mean, I could get Tony, which was kind of what I planned going forward. I was looking at Huang briefly, but like you said, the, the stats just don't really support that. So yeah, it'll probably be, probably be one of those. Uh, just, just by the way, I have got enough money in the bank to do Lukaku to Kane. It's a few people Ooh. in the chat saying, uh, yeah, would you not be tempted that. by that? Because I don't, I think I'm going to be not one short of that. If, if, if Lukaku is out for a, for a prolonged period, then yeah, I could, I could be, I could be tempted by it, I guess. I mean, ideally it would be Son I'd want, but it would mean I could do it in one move and not have to mm. kind of rejig my team. And my, I quite like my midfield. So yeah, I, I, I guess it's an option. It's not what I'd like to do, not what I'd really like to do, but mm. I guess it would be between Vardy or, or Kane. So it's good to get on early before everybody else has it. It'll work out, right? <laughs> As, as you've done with Mbomo and, and Lukaku to blistering effects. Yeah, oh my God. Um, okay. <laughs> my team at the moment is Sanchez, Trent, Alonso, Rudiger and Cancelo, Mbomo, Salah, Saar, Benrahma, Antonio, Lukaku, Jota on the bench at the moment, right? Uh, I've juggled, I've, I've thought about bringing Jota into the team um, on the off chance he gets on for 25 minutes, which, but then look how that went at Watford. But I think he mm. will get some minutes at United. Um, Alonso... Uh, to James was a transfer I was looking at. Although with the team sheet tonight, I'm not so sure. I'm probably... Oh, you, you can't do that now. No, I've got to keep Alonso, haven't I, right, for this Norwich game. And obviously, if Lukaku is injured, then I'll probably use my transfer there. Um, or I could use it to um, move Jota out and bring somebody in there and then bench Lukaku. But benching Lukaku, unless I know it's a minor injury, and, you know, unless he's... It's a fitness test ahead of the weekend and he could play. I think I would have to sell him. I'd, what do you think about that? Would you carry him for a couple of games or would you sell immediately? Oh, I think given his form over the last six, it's you, you, you hope, you're hoping for quite a lot of stuff. You're hoping for him to come back from a bit of a knock and, and play well and start scoring and, and change. The, and the fixtures are still good, but when you have got a player like Vardy, it's, it, it does feel like maybe you're, you're kind of clinging on to something and you know, for, for not a lot of reason. Uh, mm. I don't know. I, yeah, it's, it's really tough. I, I, I think I think I'd sell. I mean, looking at this, if he does miss the Norwich game, he's got Newcastle away, Burnley at home. Great fixtures. I mean, these these three games mm. are sensational for Chelsea and potentially Lukaku. So, yeah, I mean, I'd have to know he'd be out for a couple of weeks. Obviously, they got the international break between 12 and 13. So perhaps if you're Tuchel and you're thinking he's got an injury, you could probably think, well, I don't need to play him. I can rest him. I can mm. leave him out. I can make sure he's out for the international break. I mean, this is all speculation, but he could, right? He could give him the rest that he was talking about here off the back of this injury and still probably beat Norwich, Newcastle and Burnley and then not send him away with Belgium. So it's a worry, isn't it? I mean, that's a potential yeah. thing. To I, mean, I mean, Werner's the obvious replacement who's, who's be interesting to see what his injury status is as well. Because I mean, if mm. Lukaku's got a bit of a knock and Werner's fine, then you'd expect Werner to come in. But if he's not, then he's turning to Havertz, who he's not shown a lot of faith in so far this season. So maybe he will try and patch Lukaku up and get him, get him back as, as quick as possible. It's, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to know what he says after this game and yeah. in, into the press conferences on, on Friday as well. And Leicester have got Brentford, Arsenal, Leeds, Chelsea, Watford, so not a bad run at all. So you could take Vardy through that run mm. without any concern at all. Um, super frustrating, I imagine, for people who have got Vardy and hoping for the advantage when everyone was on Lukaku. You know, these, these know. injuries just twist things both ways, really, don't they? In terms of you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you what though. If I had your team, I'd be captaining Alonso, and I'm not just saying that. I would, I would genuinely be giving it to Alonso. Going, I think the going rest back tonight, to that, yeah, I think but the rest tonight cements him. I mean, now Lukaku's out of the equation, but 
it's hard. I mean, he'd be vice maybe, but I, I can't do that, can I? I really can't do that. I, don't I would. I'm just saying. Just sowing those <laughs> seeds. Um, okay. Well, we'll see. We've we've got a lot to to unpack after the show when we know more. Uh, let's look at the black box leagues. Uh, Hayden Neal is top of our league on six oh five. He's nineteenth in the world, I believe. So doing wow. incredibly well. Drop down a little bit, but keep going, Hayden. Uh, Tem Dio Bancole is second. I thought I did quite well with that one. 603 points. Then Alex Watson on 602. Sid Kadam, 601. And then Ryan Quinn, former leader on 593, mm. still in the mix. Uh, and in the Apprentice Leagues, Henry, which is interesting without obviously any prompting mm. of me, played the free hit. Now that highlights, doesn't it? You know, Henry's got no... Uh, guidance from Twitter, no real guidance from any websites at all. He's just looking at the FBL news. That's what he's relying on. Felt like that was the right time to play the free hit. So I need to catch up with him to, to ask him why he felt that. Obviously, he hasn't got any knowledge of where the free hit is preferably played, which is obviously on a series of blank fixtures. Uh, didn't do him too badly, 64 points, but Natalie also got 60. They both beat us this week. Mm. Um, but yeah, what did you make of Henry playing the free hit? I mean, it's just, it, obviously he's not aware of how the double game weeks and the blanks were coming up and so on. Well, I, I did a bit of research into, into what he actually did. He took out Shaw, Ben Rama, uh, Tony, Torres, uh, and brought in Cancelo, Alonso, Huang, and also got in Foden and played him over Livramento. He didn't take out players who had injuries or... or uh, you know, I mean, I mean, taking Shaw out, okay, but it, the, the, I mean, taking, I, I think he saw Torres and kind of panicked a little bit and thought, oh, my team's really kind of mm. suffering here. Because l- looking back at his team, I don't think he had too many issues. I mean, he had a strike force of Lukaku, Antonio, Tony up front. He had Salah, Jota, Benrahma, and then Torres there. And then he had Trent, uh, Livermento, Shaw, Mendy in goal, like he he had he had a good a good spy. It definitely didn't look like a team that I thought he really needed to to panic with and, and free hit. So yeah, I'd I'd like to know what he saw in the team to make him do that because you know I can understand why you do it if you had lots of red flags or you know things like that. But he only really had one player, one of his core team out that he could have just transferred. So and he and he didn't like move his structure around. He didn't bring in like a, a an expensive premium that he wouldn't have been mm. able to get in two or three moves. So, yeah, I think we definitely need to have a chat with him and see why, why he did yeah, that. Yeah, and I think what it does for me, it confirms what I suspected, as in I think the chips, rather than a leveller to help players who aren't experienced playing FPL, they're a thing that actually exposes lack of experience because mm. I think seasoned FPL players get an advantage by using the chips in, in a, an effective way. And obviously with all the tools and the community around seasoned FPL players, I'm talking about people who actually research and go into the community and talk about FPL, they will get an advantage with the chips. Whereas Henry, who's someone who's not used to that, he's not he's not surrounded by that, doesn't know some of the kind of it's not it's not law, is it? You've got to use your free hit in a sit in a game week with blanks, but it's pretty sensible to do that. But he wouldn't know that is even coming up. So for me, it shows that actually the chips have just made the gap wider between players who are just starting out in FPL. Mm. And players who played it for longer, which isn't the intention at all. I think, I think particularly the free hit as well, because I think you can. It, it just it is that proper band aid, isn't it? You're like, oh, I really don't like my team this week. I'm going to chuck the free hit at it, and then he's probably looking at his team now and going, oh no, I've still got Torres and I've still got a lot of these players I didn't really like, and I haven't got any. And now I haven't got the free hit to use and, and take advantage of. 
Also, he doesn't really know about blank game weeks or, or double no, games exactly. like you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, so, so I think it proves, and this is one of the things that we, why we wanted to do this is like, what is the experience of someone just starting out? And, you know, when we spoke to Henry and Natalie, it was like, well, the player prices is a bit odd. And, you know, why isn't there transparency on that? Mm. We kind of suspected that. And the chips, I always thought that would be a real curveball for Henry in that without the knowledge of the community and websites like Scout and Hub to help, it's difficult to understand when to use the chips. And lo and yeah. behold, he's played three years. And I think especially because you, you get kind of itchy fingers, right? You want to yeah. do something. You want to, you know, maybe he's bottom of the apprentice league and thinks, oh, I need to do something to try and claw my way up. But yeah, it it, it, it didn't seem like a, a good use of the, the free hit. Yeah. I think it got him four points mm-hmm. over his, the team he would have had before. Okay, uh, the Green Arrow Charity. Do you want to talk about that as we often do to end the show on? Yes, the FPL Challenge uh, is obviously still going. Uh, share the meal app, uh, download it um, and look for the FPL Challenge on there. We are giving £5 each for every Green Arrow uh, that we get and the money goes to feed starving people um, around the world. So there's there's definitely some some quite a few people who, who listen to this podcast and, and video getting involved. Um, and if you want to do something nice and celebrate a Green Arrow with us, uh, then yeah, download the app and search for the FL Challenge and get involved. You can you can donate as little as sixty p. Absolutely. Now we were going to end early, but I've just remembered something I didn't point out on the Kane and Vardy data. That I just want to discuss briefly, and because of the Lukaku potential injury, I think it's important we do. Just going back to that table, it's the XG delta there, and I wanted to point out that this season Vardy is XG delta is plus two point seven seven. This basically means that he's outperforming. Um, uh, the expected goals, right? So he's expected to score 2.77 less goals than he has. Last season, he was minus 4.93. So he was completely the opposite. Mm. Um, now that's interesting. As you look at Kane, he's 0.73 this season. Last season, he was plus 2.69. So he outperformed his XG last season. He's underperforming this season. So basically, they're the opposite. Looking at that Vardy number, does that worry you though? The fact he's got seven goals, but he's uncharacteristically outperforming his XG. No, no. I, I, just, I just, I just, I just, I just never worry about Vardy and stats. He's, he's just, he's always been one of those players. It doesn't matter if he's having one touch in the penalty area, a game, or you know, he's, he's, he's just a complete stats buster. Whereas Kane's always been so high on on his numbers across everything. Uh, he's, he's more of a concern that he's, that he's down. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm not too worried about that with, with Vardy. It's um. He, he likes to overperform, overperform his stats. It's all, it's all about tapping into him when he's on these streaks. And yeah, he's, he's, on, a, he's on a great run. Yep, fair enough. I just wanted to end on that, given the, yep. uh, the, the timeliness of that Lukaku injury, which came mid-show. We will talk more about that, I'm sure, in next week's episode, if it is something that's going to stick around. Um, but for now, as it's the smashing likes, right? Backstage tonight? Uh, I could do a little bit. Uh, I do. do yeah, I could do a little bit of backstage. Yeah, we could try 15, that. 15, yeah, 20 minutes. We do. We must. I must end it in half an hour. Though. I can't do an hour, unfortunately. Nope, we'll uh, do. Busy day tomorrow. Cool. So, yep. Uh, yeah. Cool. So we'll be around for for a Q and A after this. If you want to ask us some questions, the, then you can. Um, I haven't got any beers or anything. I'll, I'll stick no, to the water. No. Uh, it's probably for the best. Uh, I've been. Yeah, been a bit. Uh, my cold. My cold's better today. Surely you've got six stag do's coming up, right? Oh, just one more wedding. One more wedding this oh. year in a few weeks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> God, weddings and, and stags this year have been have been nuts. Uh, yeah, but thank you everyone for watching. We had a thousand watching, even with Champions League going on. So that's great. Thanks for breaking the news of Lukaku and Werner and all that. Yeah, wow. Uh, I need to catch up with that. But yeah, if you haven't liked this video yet, please do. Got 240 likes, a thousand watching. Uh, I'd like to get that number up a little bit. 
and also drop us a comment if you like the video too and subscribe to the channel absolutely and i must point out the award is sitting here with me at the moment um, because uh, cruelly, I said if I didn't take it home, Billy would be in flood of tears. I, I played such, the such a guilt kid trip. card. I know, and you palmed me off with second place, the second place one. I know. So I, I think we're going to have not. to we're going to have to get a replica done, or I have it for six months, and you have it for six months. Split custody of the and trophy, and then and then it's best video. Andy just has it for the next five years, probably. Let's face it. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. We'll see. It's uh, it's a good night for me. Good night, Bob. Podcast Network.